gospel. So tonight we are blessed to have Todd White with us. Amen. Come up here, Todd. I met Todd a number of years ago in uh, Chicago, but we just said hi. And then I visited with him at Copeland's a couple of times. And then he was just with us two weeks ago. And I tell you, it was one of the most powerful services I've been in. Him just sharing his testimony and uh, it was powerful. And I, I don't know a lot about him except this. I know that this man loves God with all of his heart. And that's really all I need to know. He is a blessing. So let's welcome Todd White as he ministers to us. Thank you. Thank you. Please be seated. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow. Oh, jeez. Who'd have thought? This is amazing. I love hearing these testimonies. I love it. We had a, a pastor friend of mine. Uh, we, just, we just adopted our second, our second baby. We have three biological, but we just adopted our, we're in process of adopting our second one. And uh, he's one month old, Asher, his name is. It's awesome. But we were, before we were flying down to adopt the pastor, the pastor called us. We were actually trying to take a, a little vacation um, out in California, but their water is too cold to be happy in. <laughs> it's so cold. We were headed out to the beach. It's so warm, and then you hit the water, and it's like 60, and it's hard. It's just hard. So anyway, we got this phone call. The pastor, um, he said, Todd, I need you to pray right now. He said, this is emergency. He said, the helicopter's on the way. Our granddaughter, we found her floating face down in the pool. And so she's just a little thing. She's just a three-year-old little girl, face down in the pool. I said, this is it. I said, this will not be the end. And I, I was on the phone, and I, before I could realize what I was saying, Jesus took over. Like where, where fear would try to touch you, faith hit, because faith crushes fear. It really does, because because God's love is what produces faith. It's amazing. It is, faith works through love. It's awesome. And so right away, we just declared this, proclaimed it, commanded it. I said, all right. I said, you call me with the good news. So she was in the water for, for several minutes, face down. She was blue. They came. They couldn't resuscitate. They took her in the helicopter. And in the helicopter, she raised from the dead. Amen. Is that awesome? That's awesome. Now watch this. So after, after we prayed and it was just an amazing, it was faith. It was a gift of faith. It just landed and I felt it. I could feel it. I went back out. I went out to the, continue to the beach. My wife said, who was that? I said, oh, it's Pastor Chuck. I said, we need to, we need to just be in prayer for him because he's really, he's really rocked right now because his granddaughter, and he should be. And I mean, because it's an intense situation. I'm saying when something like that happens to somebody that's that close to you, that is, because uh, I, I pray for people all the time, but when something happens to someone close to you, it, sometimes it can be different. Yeah. I'm just saying. It doesn't have to be. Like uh, my daughter, my one daughter, she had a nosebleed that was so bad I'd never seen anything like it. It was demonic. And this was back when we first got saved. She was seven and a half. And I came in the kitchen and she literally is waterfall of blood from her nose and her mouth. I've never seen anything like it. 
It was impossible to bleed that much. It's impossible. And, I, and at first, I was like, oh my God. And I just turned to the side. And my daughter, my seven and a half year old said, Daddy, pray. We're only, we're only like maybe six months old in the Lord. And I was like, in the name of Jesus. But it took my daughter to shock that right there. I, honestly, because go th- I've gone through it. This is amazing. But I'm not, I'm not here to fault you because you think that you fell short. Because Jesus is right there on the other side. It's important that we go. Because sometimes something catches us off guard. It shouldn't. But sometimes it does. Are you guys all right if I talk about this a little bit? Just be real. Because we need to go after him with everything we are. And I'm going to talk about a lot of things. But I'm going to share a couple of instances because they were in my life personally. That baby was an amazing thing that happened. I prayed for other children and didn't see him live. And so what you can never do is not as allow something that you didn't see infect the next thing that you need to see. You can't allow the last time you prayed for somebody that didn't happen to affect the next time you pray for somebody because it needs to happen. You can't carry that with you because it, it'll hurt you. Like trying to carry yesterday's because it's not really a failure if you're walking in love. Faith works through love, but love never fails. So if I'm praying for somebody, and I want to talk about it a little bit because I, I pray for people everywhere in public. Like it should be normal. <laughs> Shouldn't just be at a conference. Uh, I love it, but man, if you ain't walking with Jesus outside of the church, you left him there. If, 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 if you're not conscious of him when you're outside of the church, then you may have left him back there. Go back to church, get him, and leave with him. It's important. And a lot of times, it depends upon what people think, how they perceive you. It's called the fear of man. It needs to die, because it's demonic. It is demonic. It is horrible. It really is. Okay, another situation with my daughter. Same, same, same daughter. We prayed and the blood stopped immediately. It was awesome. Now, a little while later, two and a half years, I think we were saved. We were out in, uh, we were out in Switzerland. And we were out there. Some people flew us out there. The whole family. It was, yeah. The whole family was there. And my little kids are playing. No, we were, we were four years in. Sorry, because my daughter was a little older. So Destiny is in the bedroom, we're in a chalet, we're up in the mountains and there's no way to get to the bottom of this mountain except for a 25 minute drive to get down. And some roads in Switzerland just aren't safe. (laughs) Have you been on them roads? Where they don't have a guardrail, they have a string. (laughs) Because there's cows with bells on the other side that are walking on cliffs that are 700, that are so big. And so we're in, we're up in the house and my daughters are playing in the bedroom. And Destiny and Zoe are playing and they're playing a game called Trust Fall. I don't like that game. <laughs> I'd rather not fall. So they're playing this game and Zoe is on the bed and she's going like this and, and Destiny is catching her. Well, Destiny turned for a second. I wasn't there. But Zoe face planted on on the wooden floor of this log cabin floor. And when we picked her up, her nose had jammed up into her skull. Okay, so that right there, like when I've been growing up, I've grown up, like when someone's nose goes up into their brain, it can be a death blow. And it, the first thing I'm thinking about is, oh my God, that's the first thing I thought. Now I know it wasn't oh my God in the right way, but it was oh my God, 
just natural instinct because he has to show up here. But the first thing I thought about is get her out of the house, get her into the car, get her to the hospital. We can pray when we get there. Honestly. And my wife was so blown away when she came out of the bedroom. She went, ah! she ran in the bedroom and I heard her in there praying. But it was, I never seen, it was the same kind of nosebleed. But it was different because her nose was jammed up and all crinkled up into her head. So I held her in my arms. She went into shock. She's bleeding. And I mean, she's bleeding profusely. I said, we have to get her to the car. We have to get her to the car. And on the way to the car, my same little daughter, Destiny, said, Dad, pray. (laughs) Family is amazing. (laughs) But you can also have family that doesn't want you to pray. And that's equally amazing if you let it. You can have family that don't want you to pray because they don't believe that prayer is for today. All right. Anybody can relate to that? Okay. All right. You can have friends that just don't think you should pray because they don't think you're Jesus. Are you with me? This is a huge thing. I love that we can come here to be healed, but I would love for you to walk in miracles every day of your life. I love that we can come here and get prayer and healing can happen and that's awesome and, and it's going to happen tonight because it always does because God says amen to his message. He does. You can't, you can't stop him. He loves you. But sometimes you have people around you that don't want you to pray and if you're not careful it will hold you back from bringing eternity into other people's lives. Trying to pray for your spouse to get it so that once they get it, then you can all walk together. I believe in that. But your spouse shouldn't determine whether you can reach out with Jesus or not. If you love your spouse, you'll model this. Listen, if you love your spouse, you'll model this in front of them. I really felt to talk about that tonight. If you model this in front of your spouse, your spouse, you won't have to try to sell your fruit to them. They can just pick it. It'll be amazing. Yeah. But you don't understand them. No, I'm telling you. But when you find out what you, who you are, who you serve, and how amazing God is, and just how much he loves you, and how much he loves your spouse, they will never determine whether you can pray for somebody or not. Because someone's salvation depends upon it. I tell you that out of pers- personal experience, firsthand experience. Very, very hard with this thing. But I have lived some seriously intense I didn't know that Jesus healed. I saw healing happen one time. Anyway, let me tell you about Zoe and so I can tell you what happened. So we're in the bathroom. Destiny says pray. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command this to stop. And God just didn't stop it. He grew her nose out of her head right there in front of us. Now, my first words out of my mouth were, I'm sorry. Not that he was mad at me. But my reaction needs to be faith first. It's not okay to react. I I talked about it a little bit last week. If we react the same as our atheist neighbor did, we're practicing practical atheism. And you can be full on Christian in love with Jesus, totally in love with him, but something happened and you react the same as an atheist does and what makes you any different than them? Except you have a confession. All right. All right. Let's talk about Ananias and Sapphira. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> I actually love that. I do. I love that. It's so intense. I mean, seriously, what if the people around you that lied dropped dead? Just saying. Some of you were like, what is up with this guy? He is all over the place. No, we're going somewhere. Her nose came out of her head. I took her into her mama. And I said, look, honey, look. She goes, oh my God, oh my God. And we sat there, we held each other, and we repented. Repenting, repentance is so important. Repentance is never a one-time thing. And repentance, is a, it should be a daily thing if there's something that you need to change. I, I just, I, I believe that we can walk with such pure hearts and clean hands that when God brings conviction, immediate obedience happens. And if you mess up, if you mess up, if you say something, like let's say you're getting hammered by somebody or they're, they're coming against you because of your faith and you say something that you shouldn't in response because they made you mad at work, whatever, they embarrassed you. You know you can't embarrass a humble person? But let's just say, you're not humble that day and <laughs> and let's just say they embarrass you and you respond unbecomingly like something you shouldn't say. Immediately the Holy Spirit will convict you. Immediately. Unless you want to give them a piece of your mind instead of a piece of his. Because your mind's illegal in the kingdom. I'm not kidding. We gotta we gotta be really careful with how we speak. We really do. Jesus, I need you to help me right now. Because there's a lot of cans open. I will. I'm gonna. Father, I need you. I need you really, 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 really bad. And I know that I have you, but I need you more. I want your presence, Lord. No matter what. No matter who says what. No matter, no matter what's on the table. I want your presence. I want you. I want it all. I'm not going to listen to people that tell me that I can't. Because I will. Father, I'm asking you right now, in Jesus' name, I thank you that every devil would be silent. Jesus, I thank you that thoughts of suicide would be completely annihilated right now. Jesus, 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 I thank you that bitterness would be completely, completely rooted out of hearts, Jesus' name, every root of bitterness. But I thank you that unforgiveness would be completely annihilated in Jesus' name. I thank you that gossip would be completely annihilated in Jesus' name. 
Father, you're good. God, I thank you that every person that has blamed you for what you didn't do, (laughs) for what they believed you allowed, that it will be taken out because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give us life. So any place death, loss, and destruction is, it's the devil, it's not God. Father, I thank you that depression right now would have no place in Jesus' name. I command it to leave now. Get out. Jesus' name. I command bipolar to leave your life in Jesus' name. Right now. Get out. I command them voices to shut their mouths in Jesus' name. Now. I command clinical depression to leave in Jesus' name. Now. I bind you, devil. By the authority of Jesus Christ, I command you to lose your people. Right now. Because they're no longer your people, they're God's people. Depression, you have no voice right now. I command it to go. I command that voice that just said this isn't real to leave in Jesus' name. I command every spirit of fear that's up in here to go now. Right now. Go in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. I command every digestive disorder because of bitterness and unforgiveness to be removed now, in Jesus' name. Diapeticulitis, Crohn's disease, ulcers, get out, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus, God. Just say this, more Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for joy in Jesus' name. Real joy. God, I thank you in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that right now metal in bodies would disappear in Jesus' name, right now. Specifically from a motorcycle accident, in Jesus' name, I command it to go now. Metal disappear, go in Jesus' name.
Father, I thank you for a creative miracle. Thank you for a brand new right lung right now. Jesus' name, now. I thank you for a brand new right lung, that a lung would grow right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for kidney stones disappearing right now. In Jesus' name, right now, all stones disappear. In Jesus' name, right now. Father, I thank you. I thank you for neck injury from being hit behind in a black truck. Seven years, seven years ago. If that's you, let me see your hand. Where? In the name of Jesus, be healed right now. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I do want to teach. I don't want to just operate in gifts. I want, but I do want this stuff to go away because Jesus is king. And why not mention it? Because it needs to. Seventeen years, seventeen years old. There was a hunting accident, and I believe there's still a. I believe there's still a bullet in your body, or a piece of a, a shrapnel. Piece of that. You were a kid. I believe I saw seventeen years old. If that's you, and it doesn't matter how what your age is now. Is there someone in the room that's had that happen? I know we're online too, but I like it when God does it in the room. Is there somebody that has some kind of shrapnel from a hunting accident when they were 17 years old or maybe or 17 years ago? I just keep seeing the, name, the 17. Is there anybody that that fits? I'm good with missing it. <laughs> oh, I am. I'll take risks all day long, buddy. <laughs> I, I, God's okay with foolishness when it comes like that. You did? Okay. Is there shrapnel still in your body? Right now? Well, just put your hand on it, bro. Can you put your hand where it is? 
in the mighty name of Jesus, we command it to go right now in Jesus' name. Right now. I feel like somebody else got hurt in this accident. Somebody else got hurt in this accident and I feel like sometimes it, it's, a, it's a, a blame myself thing and I just want you to be free from that in Jesus' name. Be free from that. There's no way to go back and fix that. There's no way to go back and change that. Let that go. There's nothing to go back and fix. You can't change it. It's over. Jesus' name. I believe God's also healing your knee and your back too at the same time. Do you have a knee and a back issue at the same time? I can't see you. Yes? Yes? Is there two discs in your back, your knee? Also an organ on your right side right here. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus right now. We command it to go. Jesus' name. God, thank you in Jesus' name. I keep hearing the name Jeff. I don't know if that has anything to do with you or that accident. Does that name mean anything to you? I can't see because you're in the shade. Does that name mean anything to you? No. No, okay. All right. I'll take risks, buddy. I will. <laughs> you never know if you're hearing God tell you ask. And if they say no, where she can be is wrong. And if you pray, the worst that can happen is nothing. What do we got to lose? Except pride. And that thing needs to die. Oh my, okay, let me just, wow, that's fun. <laughs> I love you, Jesus. <laughs> it's so important to not be known because of your gift. And it's so important, it's, it's so important that you don't feel that you're only known because of your gift, I'll reword that. Because your gift is amazing and God wants to use everyone here. I mean, like I said it, I say it all the time. All the fivefold gift is for equipping, the fivefold gifts are for the equipping of the saints for the works of ministry. And we all come into the reality of what we've been called by the Lord. It'll change your life. Because you can press into healing and still think that you're a sinner. But God doesn't call you a sinner, he calls you a saint. But if you see what it means to be a saint, you won't think that you're above people. And you definitely won't think that you're floating above people. That's so weird. Because <laughs> when I started reading my Bible and I'd see the word saint, I would realize that God was talking about people that got saved. And I was amazed with that. I was blown away. It just has to do with your identity. It has to do with who God's called you to be. So if you don't know who you are, we're in trouble. Because see, the problem is, is you can still pray for the sick and they can be healed and you not know who you are. That's a big problem. Because now you heal a million people and you've gained who you are through your healing ministry. But when you stand before the Lord, you ain't coming in. And that's a problem. That's a way big problem. Are you with me? I love Jesus with all my heart. I love miracles. But see what happens is sometimes, how many of you grew up legalistically? Like, in, wow, okay, great. This will be a great word for you. 
Here's what happens. Even though you grow up in legalism, you grow up with the word. But you're taught in the wrong way. And you're taught and, and, and gosh, but the word's not wrong. Just that method is wrong. Because you can't get to God through your own works and Jesus paid a price to exit legalism, to enter into relationship, to enter into intimacy. And so it's so important that once you come, especially when you come out of legalism, that you don't find out that God wants to use you in gifts and turn your back on scripture. Because what I'm seeing across the body of Christ and a huge, huge, huge numbers, huge numbers, is the drift away from truth to press into the spirit and we become flaky. <laughs> Look, I wouldn't even doubt if there were people in here that were new age that weren't even Christians that just came because they wanted to know about healing for their Reiki ministry. But all the healing that you have when you stand before God, you are going to bow to the name of Jesus and you'll bow when Jesus is there. You'll bow. Because he will. I, I've seen witches come up into healing meetings. They do. You came to the right meeting. If you're in here, I bless you in Jesus' name. I'm not kidding. See? Be like, I'm going to go there and curse Todd. You try. Go ahead. <laughs> I just believe the gospel. When you curse me, I'm blessed. I'm blessed before you cursed me. The problem is, is that when you curse a blessed person, it comes back on you. So be careful. I'm so serious. See, I did all that stuff. I had the book of shadows. I played all that wicked stuff. It ain't real. You serve a little puny God. I'm not kidding. A puny God. You watch me online. Your God is puny if he ain't Jesus. Puny. No. Mm. No. Mm. Oh my. Oh my. He loves me. I don't care how many people are against me. One person in Christ is the majority. No, no, no. I'm so serious. It sounds funny, but man, when you're faced with a coven of witches around you, Man, if a witch comes into church and dressed in black, all garbed up, most Christians freak out. Oh my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? It's a happy meal. <laughs> See, you think I'm just playing, but I live with me. This is real. <laughs> this is real. Jesus is king. No, he is king of kings and Lord of lords. So it's so important that we don't just come to a meeting to learn about healing or just to come to, to be healed without learning and understanding who we are. Because healing is for now and it's awesome, but one day you're going to be with Jesus. And, and the big healing happens. Like, I love it. Like, I, look, to live as Christ and to die is gain. I completely 100% disagree that disease is ever God's plan, ever, because God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, so all oppression comes from the devil, and since sickness is oppression, there is no way that he would have, should have the right to kill a Christian by disease. 
No way. No way. No way. No way. Come on. Jesus was anointed by God, right? God anointed Jesus. You know, it's amazing. 1 John 3, 8 is the mission statement of the Christian. It says, for this purpose, for this reason. What reason? God anointed, there it is. I just have them in my heart, but it's awesome you have them on the board. Yeah. For this reason, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. And he talks about Jesus destroying the works of the devil, the son of God. But when Jesus passed the baton, your mission statement now is to destroy the works of the devil. Your destination is to get to heaven. Your mission statement is to destroy hell. Your, your mission statement isn't to get to heaven. Your mission statement is to bring heaven here. But you're not supposed to just bring heaven here when you go to church. You're not supposed to just bring heaven here when you go to Bible college. You're supposed to bring heaven everywhere you go and every place that your foot treads, God has given you. He's given it to you. When I go to Walmart, it's mine. When I go to Kroger's, it's mine. When I go into CVS, it's mine. I'm serious. Guys, have you heard the good news? No, no, no. It's really good. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him believes me to be fully convinced. Fully convinced. Absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt. Come on. That comes from the renewed mind. That comes from me putting my face in scripture and asking Jesus to make it real. Every day of my life, regardless of how much I think I know, because you don't know nothing. God knows everything. But when you know the one that knows everything, it's pretty fun. It is. I'm not saying I don't get hit with stuff. I am going through major, major fire right now. But you won't see it on me. It's, it's, it's happening. We all go through it. Trials. Trials are the best place that you can manifest Jesus. I'm not kidding. When you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. When you squeeze an apple, you get apple juice. If you squeeze an orange into a cup and it was apple juice, you would freak out. I'm not kidding. You squeezed an orange into a cup. Some of you still can't figure me out. I see you looking at me like. I see it. Squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. Squeeze an apple, you get apple juice. When you find out who you truly are and you go after the reality of what it means to be a saint, to be a holy one set apart by God, to be one that's not gonna be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewing of their mind, to be one that's gonna go and actually seek the Father in secret when no one's looking, when, when the crowd's not there, when, you're, when your kids aren't around, when your wife's not around, even if it's 15 minutes where you close the door and say, God, I'm here to meet with you because you said when I seek you in secret, you are gonna reward me in the open. So what is he gonna reward you with if you seek him in secret? Him? In the open? I wish I could show you, I wish I could show you a picture. I was, I was, I was talking about how we are light in darkness. Like when darkness is there, the only reason it's not light when you show up is because you got a basket on your head. I'm not kidding. The only reason we're silent 
when it's dark, it's because we have a basket head. We have a, ba it's called basket headed Christianity. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. A city on a hill, a light that lights up his own house. You gotta take that thing off and let the devil know who you really are. The way you do that is by finding out what God says about you. So when I go into my word and I'm not trying to study, see I don't study to teach ever. I don't study to preach. I don't study to preach a sermon. I tried that. It doesn't work. He always changes it anyway. I'll go up here and be like, have my notes and all of a sudden I'm gone. And people that take notes think I'm still gone when they try to take notes. But, but Jesus, is, he's, he anoints it because he loves his word. He loves truth. He wants to see the body of Christ rise up and be who she's called to be. He wants them. Look, Jesus isn't coming back until the body of Christ looks like the head. I want him to come. But I want many more to come with me. And how that happens is I actually become a witness. I become a witness. I don't just learn how to witness. I become one. I get possessed by the living God. I get on fire with Jesus. Where the Holy Spirit, he baptizes me in the Holy Ghost and fire. And my whole life changes. And tongues are amazing. I love speaking in tongues. But when Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he didn't say you will be endued with tongues. Tongues are a definite. Look, when you get baptized, you didn't say, man, I got wet. <laughs> something else better happened. Did something else take place? I'm sure you're wet, but there's more. So the Holy Spirit wants to baptize people, and people are like, well, I already got it once. I promise there's more. Oh, my goodness, there's more. These disciples were healing the sick. They were doing it. Man, they came back to that house like, man, they're persecuting us. Hey, grant to your servants. This is after they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Grant to your servants that with all boldness, they might preach your word. That you might heal in the name of your holy servant, Jesus Christ. And the whole house was shaken. Just that house. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a one house earthquake. Why? Because I need it. I need it. I remember one day I said, God, I need you. I need you so much, God. I just want more of you. More of you and less of me. More of you and less of me. God said, stop it. I'm like, no, no, no. More of you and less of me. Stop. I already had less of you. That's why. I, and I didn't have you. I wanted you. And I'm like, what? He goes, no, I want all of you covered with all of me. Okay. And he said to me this. He goes, Todd, you can have as much of me as you want. It's not on my end. It's on your end. God said that to me. Boy, that sure changed my posture. Look, John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase. Why? John the Baptist was talking about he and the law must decrease and Jesus in righteousness and truth must increase. There was about to be a changing of the guard, man. We use that all the time. I got to, man, you can't, you can never focus on you decreasing enough, I promise. Man, there I am again. Are you with me? No, it's about getting into the truth, getting into who God says you are, asking the Holy Spirit to be your best friend. Going after him. And if you're not seeing breakthrough, you pray and you seek God. Because if you ask 
you'll receive. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, the door will be open for you. That's the Bible. That's what God says. That's Matthew 7. That's powerful. Man, and in Luke, he says about people asking for stuff. If you go to ask for bread, will you get this, a stone? If you ask for a fish, will you get a snake or a scorpion? Will you get that? If you ask for an egg, will you get a scorpion? No. If you being evil, if you being carnal, if you being worldly, know how to give that to your kids, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to everyone that asks? I think that we need to be asking for more of the Holy Ghost. I know we got him, but I promise there's more. And there's a posture and there's a place of seeking him and going after him and letting him smother you in truth and letting the spirit of truth come and possess your soul. God doesn't want you to just be powerful without purity. God doesn't want you to just walk in great power without purity because your junk will find you out. You don't need that in your life. No, we need Jesus. And Jesus, Jesus walked in power and purity. And that's what he said to walk like. He said, if anybody say that they abide in him, he ought walk. First John, ought walk just as he walked. That's what he said. People are like, I can't walk like Jesus. Yes, you can. Are you with me? Okay. Like, what does that have to do with healing? Everything. Everything, because if you see who you are, healing's not an option. It's not an option, it's not optional. It's your life. It's everything. Healing is the byproduct of sonship. But sometimes going after the gifts is the whole focus instead of going after him. And going after God for what you can get from him instead of becoming like Jesus. Are you guys with me? You probably know all this anyway. I'm just trying to share my heart. I love God, but we've got to know who we are, man. I'm watching all kinds of weird, weird stuff in the body of Christ. Stuff, I can't believe it. Like, I, I hear people that are, we're strong. They're like, yeah, I think I don't have my faith anymore. And start to preach against Jesus. Like, what are we thinking? Somebody around them could have probably spoken to their life. See, the problem is, is when you're up there in ministry, you got people that gather around you and kind of pet you to keep you there sometimes. And they surround you with this, I want to move up on the ladder instead of I want to move deeper into God. And we surround ourselves with yes men. I'm just going to preach a little. I, I, I've, seen too, I've seen this, it's not okay. It's not okay. We have a gospel. Gospel, the only one. Every other religion in the world has people trying to get to their God. And we have the only one that has God getting to us. There's nothing else. <laughs> but God didn't come just to get you there, God came to set you free from you. Because if you get free from you, oh my gosh, it's a miracle. I'm serious. What if you just got free from being offended? What if you learned to hurt for instead of being hurt by? Well, you don't know what they did. Okay. They shouldn't have done what they did. But you shouldn't have got hurt by what they should have known better not to do. 
You don't know who you are if you got hurt by it. Well, you don't know, you don't understand what I went through. No, you don't know what Jesus went through to get you free from what you were going to go through. By no means am I condoning what people have done. I'm not. It's twisted. But why would you allow sin against you to produce sin within you? You know, being in unforgiveness and being hurt by people and wishing that, or saying one day when I get to heaven, I'm going to have a word with God. You ain't going to have a word with God. You're going to lay on your face for thousands of years in a puddle of your own tears. You'd be lucky if God lets you eat at the table. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Some of you, when you get to the table, you're going to find out there's no sugar there. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. You squeeze an apple, you get apple juice. If you squeeze an orange and you got apple juice, you would be totally freaked out. And it should be equally as strange that when Christians get squeezed, everything but Jesus comes out. I just want to see. Look, what would it be like if the devil squeezed you and you got Jesus all over him? What if he tried to wreck your day and you just praised the Lord? What if he just came in and, and you were just, oh, Lord, I love you. Every time he whispered to you, instead of rebuking him, you just thank Jesus for who you really were. Instead of saying, oh, I command you, get behind me, Satan. Stop it. Stop talking to him. If you're going to talk to him, say, get out. Don't, don't talk to him. Don't rebuke him. Don't command him to get behind you. Thank God for the truth. He's not behind you. He's beneath you. Don't give him the time of day. Don't even give him your worship. And I'm not saying you're saying, oh, Satan, I love you. I'm saying when you, when you speak to him. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie. Because when you believe a lie, you empower the liar. It's not okay. Don't believe what people have told you about a person before you go to that person to find out for yourself. I'm going to get up in you. I'm, I'm going to go up in to very hard places today. Why? Because I promise you, you think that this isn't a big deal. It holds you back and holds healing back so much. It holds you back from being able to step out because of hurt and offense and because of this and because of that. It does. I've seen it cripple people and, and disable them from ever being able to share anything because they're just mad. They're just mad. Why, why me? Why does this always happen to me? There's a key word in there. Are you with me? I said it, didn't I? Me. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. I have so many things I want to get to and I didn't even get close. It's 22 minutes on the clock. Thank you. 
This is your final session, right? Is this the grand finale final session? Do you have fireworks afterwards? <laughs> Inside fireworks afterwards. Amen. Amen. We've got to know who we are. You've got to go after it. I was going to show you a video of, a, of a, our training center that we have down in Dallas because I'm, we do a university. I'm not going to show it. I'm just going to talk about it in a second. We do an, a, a 13 and a half week intensive. It's a semester. People can come for three years or 13 and a half weeks. 13 and a half weeks will change your life because we establish strength and foundation. All the students are walking in the supernatural. But I don't want you to just walk in in the church. I love getting words for people here. But it is neat when a kid's in class and gets a word for their college professor. That's an atheist that doesn't even believe. It's amazing to see your atheist college professor sweat it out as Jesus heals them. And he's not even a Christian and he hates God. Because we've been taught a lot of things of why people can't receive and you have to get somebody into a place of forgiveness before they can receive a healing. I thought healing was a gift. Am I saying the Christians should be in unforgiveness? No, I've been addressing it in here since I started. It's horrible. It hurts you. But I've seen multiple, mul thousands of people healed that are in the worst unforgiveness. And then all of a sudden the goodness of God and the kindness of God hits their heart and they forgive. But it's after they got healed. So sometimes we preface it with you need to do this in order to receive this. And sometimes we train people that these things have to be in place in order for this to happen. Be very careful. Like, let me give you an example. Jesus walked the earth. There was 400 years, there wasn't any voice from heaven. 400 years between the prophet and Jesus. John the Baptist is the first voice and he's just to prepare the way. Do you think that anybody was bitter? I am by no means condoning unforgiveness. It's horrible. It hurts you. It does. It can cripple you. But I am by no means telling you that in order for somebody to get healed, when you're out, when I'm praying for somebody, and I, I'll give you an example. I'm just, I'm in a hotel, and I walk by the, I walk by the, the housekeeper, and I said, hey, I just want to tell you, you're amazing, and God loves you. She goes, oh, thanks. And she had an attitude, I could tell. And I said, I have a question for you. What'd you do to your right ankle 23 years ago? <laughs> now, I got a question. God knows her state of bitterness. And I'm pretty sure that I didn't come up with that word of knowledge on my own. Pretty sure he's up to something. So I said to her, I said, you know what? I said, Jesus is healing your ankle. She goes, I don't believe in Jesus. What's going on? She's, her leg is getting warm the whole way up her leg. She goes, it's going up to my knee. I said, is your knee hurting? She goes, yes. I said, it's getting healed. It's collateral blessing. Watch. It, the, heat, the heat starts to go away. She looks at me and she goes, you don't get it. And she's so angry. She already healed. Like God didn't say, I don't think so. Give me that back. Now I have seen people lose their healing. I have, I've seen it. You fight for stuff, you fight, you, it's a war. You go after this thing. This girl looked at me, she goes, you don't know. 
you don't know what I've been through. I said, it was your stepdad. And man, she just lost it. Lost it. Started bawling, crying. I said, you need to forgive him, honey. She goes, why would God heal me? He's not real. She got born again, forgave her stepdad. But I've seen so many people that are wrapped up in the worst places and God touches them and then they come to forgiveness. Just don't make it a prerequisite when you're going after it because what it does is it becomes a stumbling block to you ministering. Because you can't minister in faith if you think something in them is gonna hinder it. If I think that they're dealing with something, let's say I think that I don't know, let's say I think that they've got this and this and this in their past and that I've got to go after that in order for them to be healed. Well, let's say I go after that and they don't get healed. Where do I leave them? Worse than where I found them. Are you with me? Or let's say I'm going to pray for somebody. I'm just talking about practical, just some practical stuff. Let's say I go to pray for somebody and I tell them, and I think in my heart, that they have this, but really it's soulish thinking, it's not a word from God. Because I, I, get, I get it wrong. I just proved that to you, I think. I did, I, it's all right. They were on Facebook, they're watching live, it was the exact word, hunting accident, 17 years ago with Jeffs. Wow. Okay. Wow. Awesome. Wow. I just want to cry. Because God is so faithful. He's so faithful. <laughs> I, saw a, I saw a lady who went to a homeless shelter. And there was a lady that was so, so angry, so bitter. She wouldn't talk to anybody. And I walked up to her. I mean, she is so angry. She's angry at God. She's angry, her family's been taken away. I looked at her eye and it's white in her pupil and I asked her what happened. She goes, what do you care? You know, and it was a pretty rough time. I was down in Phoenix, Arizona. I was ministering with somebody uh, by the name of Patricia King. We went to a women's shelter. They were, doing, they were doing makeovers and like doing all the makeup and stuff. She wouldn't talk to anybody. I said, what happened to your eye? She said, what do you care? I said, honey, and I shared my testimony with her. She goes, so what? She didn't want to hear it. And I said, all right. I said, what happened? She goes, when I was nine, I fell on an ice pick. And she is as angry as could be. And she does not want anything to do with me. I said, I just believe that Jesus will heal your eye. I don't believe in your Jesus. I said, well, let me pray for you. She said, you're not praying for me. I said, why not? I said, what do you got to lose? I said, you've lost everything. Because she had told me how she lost everything out this. I said, what do you got to lose? What else do you have to lose? Nothing. I said, let me pray for you. She goes, whatever. Screaming. <laughs> Has her eyes closed. I said, can I put my hands on your eye? She goes, don't touch me. I said, all right. So I put my hand close as I could. I said, in the name of Jesus, I be healed. And she opened her eye and her pupil was healed. Now, and watch this. She's still angry. She's still mad and she can see. Because she, watch, she has been so beat up by the world, so messed up, and some of the things that happened to her happened 
by so-called Christians. I'm not saying that people are perfect and they should be perfect, but they should be pure. I'm not saying that, that we need to be perfect, although Jesus does. Jesus actually says, be perfect as your father is perfect. And that's be complete as God is complete. And that's pretty intense when you think about it. God really wants us to step up to the plate. He doesn't want us to bow out of the box because we're scared. He really wants us to know who we are and whose we are. And he wants us to be empowered to destroy darkness for a living. Every day, every day you get to wake up with your sword in hand, not on your mantle. Don't leave this. Make sure. And then it gets in you. And then you carry it everywhere you go. And you use it as a weapon. And you destroy lives and you destroy the devil's works everywhere you go. When you see sickness, it bows. If it doesn't bow, you minister to their heart no matter what. And you leave that person with the love of God, knowing that they are loved by the Father. You make sure that you're conscious of Jesus. When you walk into a restaurant, you're conscious of him. You're conscious of the waitresses. Make sure because waitresses will tell you their worst day is Sunday after church. They will tell you it's the meanest people and it's the lowest tips. And it's not okay. Because the body of Christ should be known as being very generous. Especially to people that don't deserve it. Why? Because God was very generous to you and you didn't deserve it, I promise. Walked into a restaurant. Sounds like a joke, doesn't it? Walked in. (laughs) My family did. We went into a restaurant. And we're going into a Texas roadhouse. We walked in and we're sitting down and a lady comes up to our table and I said, hey, I just want to tell you, Jesus loves you and thinks you're amazing. She goes, I don't believe in your Jesus. I said, okay, well, he still loves you. (laughs) And so she's just angry, man. She's just really, really angry. So she is going to go get the manager who really hates Jesus. And see, I'm not a debater. I'm not. The Holy Spirit is the best evangelist ever. Like, you, you, can't, you can't get away. Like, when I sit on an airplane, you're done. Why? Because you're an atheist, I'm a Christian, we've got time together. I'm, I promise you. It's okay if I share testimonies and just share truth because I want to go somewhere. I haven't even got to where I got to go. I'm just waiting. They're like, when's it going to happen? I know. It's nine o'clock. So the lady, lady gets angry at me. She doesn't even take her drink order. She goes and gets the manager and the manager comes up. And she comes up because that's her like, that's her strength. It's amazing when Jesus isn't your strength because there's really no other strength out there. He comes up and he goes, oh, I heard you're a Christian. He's the manager. I'm like, yes, I am. Oh, really? I shared my testimony. He goes, wow, great. Like, I mean, I, I, I was an addict for 22 years. I hated Christians. I hated Christians worse than this guy did. I was angry, very, very angry. And I got shot at 15 years ago from 10 feet away, and I had an encounter with Jesus. See, I I wasn't seeking God, he was seeking me. And all of you are the same, because honestly, he found you, you didn't find him. You found him until you read the Bible. 
And then you realize he really found you. <laughs> like, oh my God, I found God. I read the Bible. Oh my God, you've been looking for me. <laughs> Wait a minute. You knew me before the foundation of the world? You thought of me? You're kidding, right? Wait a minute. How's that happen? Faith. Oh, yeah. Are you with me? Because there is, God is so big that you just have to say, okay, enough. I believe. I mean, seriously. So many things I read about in the Bible and I'm just blown. I'm blown away. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. I really need that to happen. Like, I would love to walk on water. Wouldn't that freak people out at the beach? Like, people are riding waves and you're like having fun. You're like, and instead of riding the waves, you're standing on them with no, with no board. That's mine. People are like, yeah, it's a little bit out there. Come on, dude. Believe the Bible or don't believe it. Either believe it all or throw it away. Don't play games with it. It's true, period. All of it's true, every bit of it. Every bit of this gospel is true. Every bit. And it's amazing. I just choose to read and say, oh my, yes, amen. Wow, do it in me, do it in me, do it in me. So this guy's at my table and I'm trying to talk to him and he doesn't want to hear it. And so she comes back, she goes, what do you want to drink? I said, well, I'll take a water. And so she gets our order, she goes away, and he's still in my face, like, in a not so nice way. And there's customers around. And this guy's like adamant, he's really angry. Like, there's a reason why he's angry. So we're going to get to it. But in a few minutes, we'll get to it, I promise. Because God's smarter than you. And he knows everything about every person around you. He knows every, he knows every, he knows every hair on a person's head. He knows every cell in a person's body. God knows everything. He's amazing. Are you with me? Like he's a creator. He's God. He's our dad. He's a good dad. So I'm sitting there, I'm talking to this guy and I go, look, I said, it's really apparent you're angry at God. I don't even believe in God. I said, you're kidding me. I said, dude, I said, you know what? You wanted to go to college football and you wanted to go after it. You wanted to go pro and you tore your right knee, your ACL, and you're mad at God because you think he took it away for you, from you. He goes, lucky guess. That's what he said. He's that mad. Lucky guess. My, and my wife is sitting there like, oh my gosh. Oh my Oh my, because it gets pretty intense sometimes, especially when you're in an elevator. You want to know where you are in your faith wall? Start talking about Jesus when the door shuts. I promise. When the door shuts, say, I just want to tell you how much Jesus loves you. You're amazing. I'm serious. I was in Tokyo and they pushed us on that bus, that tram train thing. They pack you in so tight. The guys are kicking you in the door. Has anybody ever been on it? Do you know what I'm talking about? And everybody is just sitting there. No one's looking at anybody. And there's hundreds of people. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Amazing grace. 
sweet the sound that has saved the wretch like me. And I've got people in front of me going. <laughs> I was, was, people are like, <laughs> it's so good. I get done and everybody is like, they won't even look at me. Now they really won't look at me. I'm like, does anybody need healing? I really want to pray for anybody that will let me. And I've got an interpreter in there. And he's like interpreting, but a lot of them speak English, won't admit it, but they do. <laughs> and I said, I would love to pray for, and nobody would let me pray. They're all like, I can't wait to jump out. But a couple of 007 Christians were like, when they left, quick, when they left, not right till they left. I'm just trying to stir your faith up in a way where you realize you can do this. Honestly, my whole goal tonight is that you would leave here and say, if he can do it, so can I. Because all I got is the same Jesus that you have. I can't, I can't give you what I have. I couldn't impart my history to you. It will kill you. You got to make your own history with God. But you can start now. Are you with me? Yes. People are like, I want to double portion to what you have. And I'm looking at them saying, so do I. Yeah. <laughs> Pray for me, I want a double portion. I'm like, I, I'm not going up there to drop a mantle down so you can have it. I don't know. I'm not ready to go home. <laughs> are you with me? Okay, sorry. I'm just kind of being silly a little. But fun, lighthearted. Because I say some pretty intense stuff sometimes, so I need you to smile when it goes in. <laughs> I'm serious. Gosh. So I said to him about his knee. I said, is it true? He goes, it's a lucky guess. Second time. I said, how could it be a lucky guess, man? Okay. All right. You wanted to go pro and you tore your ACL. And I said, and you really, really, really got angry at God. He's like, lucky guess. I said, you're an outside linebacker. He just looked at me and he goes, I'm done. I go, done what? I go, we're not done. I said, let me tell you something, man. I said, you talked to the wrong Christian. I said, here's why. The right Christian, but the wrong one. See, you would talk to Christians and they would run away from you. But I ain't as scared of you. I did say, as scared. Because my kids are there. I ain't as scared of you. You know why? Because you can't kill me, bro, because I ain't never going to die. Why? Because I believe in Jesus. See, when you die, what happens? And I wasn't being mean, and I wasn't being ha-ha. I wasn't like getting at him. He was challenging me in front of this waitress. The waitress has the thing up in front of her face. Because that's her savior. But he ain't a savior. There's only one savior. His name is Jesus. <laughs> so I said, how about this, man? You don't believe in God? Cool. Let me pray for your knee. Why? 
Nothing would happen. I said, good, you got nothing to lose. Come on, buddy. Let me pray for you. He's like, there ain't nothing going to happen. I said, you want to do this here or you want to go in the back where no one's looking? I said, I'm not leaving here until you let me pray for you, friend. Nope. Now my wife is sitting there going, oh, bye. Because in some places, this would cause a fight. But it's not now. He's bigger than me. He'd have whooped me anyway. I said, come on, man. Let me pray for you. What do you got to lose? I said, you know what you got to lose? You got to lose that lie that you're believing, buddy. I said, because my Jesus is going to heal your knee. He's like, I don't think so. I said, all right. Where do you want to go? He goes, let's go back here. I said, all right. <laughs> so I went back there. I said, is this good? We're right at the bar. I figured he, he figured that would probably intimidate me. But I used to go to bars. I was drinking the wrong stuff. Now I have living water. And it's the best ever. And there's no, you can't take it. So I went and I said, okay, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to get down on my knees and pray for you. He said, you don't got to get down on your knees. I said, I want to, bro. So I got down on my knees. I prayed for him in the name of Jesus. The waitress is in the back telling all the other waitresses and waiters, this psycho Christian guy <laughs> is out there. And I don't even know what's happening to our manager right now. <laughs> She's probably like, we need to pray atheist prayers to make him go away. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? Sorry, that's just so dumb. <laughs> oh, God. I've never said that before. But think about it. How are we going to stop him? Let's, well, we can't pray. <laughs> I don't, it's so weird. Oh, God. So I prayed for his knee. His knee gets extra hot. Like God did just do a little warm. He made it extra hot. He goes, my knee's on fire. I said, it looks like your face is on fire right now. What's going on? I wasn't being mean. He was red in the face. He had sweat rolling down his face. I said, what happened, man? What's going on? Check it. He goes, I don't want to. I said, why? I said, you're afraid of the truth, buddy. He goes, you don't understand. I said, well, no, I, I want to. Tell me. He goes, yeah, I was mad at God when this, and I know a little more about God than you think I do. I said, you do? I said, what happened? He said, well, he said, what I did was I was at church and I was a youth pastor. And my head pastor slept with the secretary and hurt me. He was my mentor. And I said, bro, I'm so sorry. I said, I really love you, man. He goes, no, listen. He goes, and I, I went for football because I was going to go after it. And then my knee gets terrible. He goes, now you're here. I don't even know what to do. I said, just give me a hug. You know what's amazing? When Peter, on the day of Pentecost, when he got up and he preached the first message, the one that denied Jesus, denied Jesus, that's horrible. He denied Jesus, gets hit with the Holy Ghost. His past gets forgiven and wiped out or else he couldn't stand because that denying Jesus is way bigger than any of us know. Are you with me? So God had to convict him of righteousness so that all of that junk could be swept away. He preaches the first gospel message. And when they say, oh, men and brethren, what do we do? We killed him. Peter's like, just wish you didn't. 
He didn't say, well, we're going to put you through a program. <laughs> he didn't say, you got to jump through this hoop, and then this one, and this one, and then this one. Here's what Peter said. Repent. And believe. And be baptized. That refreshing will come. Times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. That's what he said. He did not make it hard. And sometimes we make it hard. And we don't need to make it hard. They've already seen hard. We need to bring God's goodness into it. Because God's goodness, his mercy, and his presence makes it easy. He makes it easy. He doesn't want to make it complicated. It was complicated. 613 laws and 10 commandments every day of your life was complicated. So complicated that if you missed one, but you made 612 and 10 commandments, but you missed one law, your whole life's awash. You missed everything. That's complicated. Complicated is trying to do this thing in your own strength that the world tries to do, that a lot of the church tries to do. And your weakness is a magnet for his strength, but we don't want to admit that we're weak because we need to remain strong. Your strength is repulsive to God. Your weakness and your humility is saying, God, I can't do this one day without you. I need you. And I know I have you, but I need to know you. God, show me who you are. Not just give me your stuff. See, when you go after him, you get it all. When you go after him, you get it all. You get the whole package. He doesn't leave stuff out. You get all the gifts. They come, he comes fully equipped. The Holy Spirit, all in him. And he's the one that gives to those that he wills. What do you think would make him will to give you that? Submission. Surrender. Obedience. Obedience. God says, I'm going to make it easy for you. There's 613 laws and 10 commandments that you'd have to work your way to me, but I worked my way to you. And I took all the law and all the prophets, all the law and all the prophets, and I've hung them on two. They're dangling on two laws. And those two laws are love me, God says. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's what Jesus said. A lot of the body of Christ is taking out love God and saying love your neighbor. No, no, no. It's all about loving your neighbor. That's the most important commandment. No, you can't love your neighbor unless you love yourself. And you can't love yourself unless you love God. You can't. It's impossible. It's impossible. That's new age. Love, light, love. Why let somebody take away what only God can give? Why let somebody suck that thing away from you? Don't let people sin against you take stuff out of you. Look, the reason why they talk the way they talk is because they don't know who they are. Your war's not against people, it's against principalities. Demonic influences that influence people's decisions. And when Christians get born again, if they don't spend time in the word and get their mind renewed, their mind remains untrained, unlearned, uneducated. We need to go after knowledge, but not just head knowledge. We need to go after gnoso. We need to go after experiential knowledge, relationship, and intimacy with the Father. Not just the talk about it, but the actual pursuit of it. This guy in the restaurant looks at me and he says, dude, 
I'm so glad you came here. I'm like, where's your waitress? I don't know now. I don't know. And he gave his life back to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is king. And that pastor was confused and he was twisted. Because if you're going to be married, and you're going to be a pastor, and you're going to sleep with a secretary, you don't know who you are. You're operating in your gift outside of your identity. Because your identity is solid. If you see who God is, you'd never have that stuff in your life. Never. Sexual immorality is an abomination to the Lord. It's an abomination. It is. Homosexuality is an abomination to the Lord. It is. He doesn't hate the people, but it's not okay. It's not okay. And the church is making it okay. And it's not okay. And if you're a pastor and you, and you condone that, you will stand before the Lord and answer for your life. Why would we hold back? God didn't hold back. He gave it all. Why would I hold back when it comes to issues like gender? Gender change. Telling kids it's okay. And churches, some pastors dance around it like, I don't really want to talk about the issue. You're going to stand before God and talk about the issue. I promise you. You try to hold on to a pulpit, try to hold on to a ministry, and push away truth. You ain't got a ministry. You've got a misery. And it's not okay. And you will answer for everybody's life that you've permeated with twistedness. I preach it because I lived that way before Jesus. I lived that way my whole life and it's not okay. And that guy is a product, but he's not the only one. He's not. Mega churches, man. Big church in Chicago came out. That pastor was 30-some years sleeping with other women. And nobody said anything because everybody's trying to keep him safe and cover him. <laughs> I'm not against anybody. I'm for truth. Jesus didn't die just to establish some doctrine that we just, we twist to our own wants and needs. He didn't die so I could take this Bible and make it say what I wanted to say. It says what it says. He didn't die so that I could take scripture out of here. Like, look, if you're going to condone gay marriage, you have to tear all of Romans 1 out of the book. You can't even live that way. You'd have to tear like, you'd have to tear a lot out actually. You'd have to forget about Sodom and Gomorrah. You'd have to bag Jude because if you read Jude, you're done. It's one page that'll change your life. It'll yank you up out of twistedness, I promise. Please don't hear me as I'm preaching against you. Because, look, if the shoe fits, kick it off. I'm not preaching against you. I love Jesus. I love pursuing truth. I love pursuing holiness. It's possible. Why? Because God gave you the Holy Spirit. That's why. He's not just any kind of spirit. He's a Holy Spirit. He's not the legalistic spirit. No, no. Jesus said, if you love me, you obey my commandments. If you don't, you won't. Period. You either love him or you don't. <laughs> what are you going to do, stand for Jesus? You're a legalist. Whoa. He's a lover. See, he knows that junk is killing you. And it's hurting people like this guy in the restaurant. 
So we go back to our table. This guy's born again. He goes back and back. I don't even know what he says. Our waitress comes back out. She goes, what do you want to eat? She's angry. Because now our best fighter's down. I said, well, we'll take this. And she took forever to bring it back. Like, I mean, it took a long time. I said, do you know Jesus really does love you? Where's your boss at? I don't know. I think he went home. I said, do you, do you know Do you know that you're angry at God too, just like he was angry at God? He ain't angry at God no more, but you still are. What happened to you? She goes, none of your business. I said, well, it kind of is. I'm a minister. (laughs) Oh, really? So now she's classifying me in the same thing. So I said, honey, you get migraine headaches? She says, yep. I said, well, how about we get rid of them? She goes, how's that? I said, I'm going to pray for you. She goes, no, you're not. I said, too late. (laughs) I'm not kidding. See, we have so made God small that he can only work according to our bigger box that we got him in because we took him out of the little box. But he's way bigger and way more better. He's more better. He is. So I prayed for her. She ran in the back. Our food didn't come out until, man, cold food. I get cold food a lot. I do. I do. If I order salad, I'm safe. It's going to be cold anyway. But I do. And I don't mind eating cold food. I do. Man. Can I tell you another testimony? After this one? Are you okay? Is this okay? I just... I love it. I haven't, I haven't felt released to share testimonies like this in years. But when I came into the room, I really felt like pregnancy and like you didn't help me any. You were like... I must... I just I heard about it earlier, but when you shared it, I was like, oh my God, the baby? I just want to cry. So powerful. What if that started to happen everywhere we went? So this lady comes back out, she gives us her food. She is so mad. Man, she just gives us attitude the whole way out. So she brings us our bill and we double our bill with our tip. Why? Grace. So she comes back out. I said, hey, I just want to tell you Jesus loves you. She goes, I am so done hearing you. I go, okay, well, we're leaving, so bless you. So she goes in the back. We're walking out the door. She goes, sir, you made a mistake. I said, oh, no, you're not a mistake. She goes, what is wrong with you? I said, I said can I share something with you? I said, all my life, I thought that if God was real, He's just after your money. And so you got hurt because of money, because of this money thing with preachers and this stuff. And you think that God's after your money. I said, what are you going to say about that? She goes, I don't deserve this. I said, yes, you do. She goes, I, you don't understand what I said about you. I said, yes, I do. I said, what does that matter? I know what God says about me. Don't you want to know what God says about you? She goes, well, like what? (laughs) Guys, this isn't complicated. It's what love looks like. I shared my heart with her. She just cried. She went in the back. She didn't get born again that day. She did end up giving her life to Jesus, but I, I wasn't the one that led her. I was just a seed sower. See, I'm not after her juggler vein. Yes, I want her born again, but my motive is to give her Jesus. Some sow, some water, 
God brings the increase. So when you're praying for somebody, you don't have to seal the deal. Someone gets healed, sometimes they get healed and you're like, oh yeah. And they're like, wow, that seems about right. (laughs) And you're thinking, rejoice. And they're like, thank you very much. Share what you can for the time that you have. But don't be disappointed because you couldn't seal the deal. See, we condemn each other and we're like, or, or you pray for somebody and you're like, man, I, you know what? If I can't disciple them, I'm not going to pray for them. Do you think you're the only Christian in the world? <laughs> well, who'd you pl- well, where'd they get plugged in at? Well, did you disciple them? I hear it all the time. I get those hate mails all the time. You have no idea. Oh, yeah? Great. Okay, they got healed. Did they get saved? I get it all the time. It's so weird. I, I'm like, do you know that healing actually has to do with the word saved? Because the word saved is the word sozo. Saved, healed, delivered, protected, made whole, kept safe and sound to do well, to be kept safe from harm. It's amazing. It is. Do they need salvation? Absolutely. Did I give them what I could in the time that I had? Yes, I did. And I, I talked to them and I asked, do you share the gospel? Well, if I can disciple them, I'm like, wow. So you walk by thousands of people that are headed to hell And you're saying that if you don't have time in your life to disciple every person that you witness to, you can't be a witness. You find that in the Bible for me. I'm just saying, these are roadblocks. These are stumbling blocks. A healing stumbling block. Like, here's one. I I heard it all the time. Because, like, I used to minister in my hometown. Okay. (laughs) I'd pray for people in my hometown. And for a while, no one got healed. And people actually would tell me, well, look, I mean, a prophet's without honor in his hometown. And I was like, so so I started to study it and look at Jesus in in Nazareth. I started to look at it. And so the enemy paints this picture that Jesus actually prayed for somebody and and they didn't get healed. That's not what happened. Jesus goes to his hometown. He's there speaking. And wait a minute, don't we know this guy? Isn't his mother and his brother, what? Isn't this Joseph? Come on. What, what? What? They rejected Jesus. Watch. The devil paints a picture, and this is just a lie. Because that's just, the devil wants to use that to, to, put you, to keep you silent where you live. I'm not kidding. He will keep you silent in your house because you'll think that you have to receive honor to operate. No, no, no. In the gospel, we give honor when honor is not due. You don't need to receive it. You already have it from the Father. I don't need you to honor me for you to receive. No, you don't need to respect me. No, that's the world. You disrespect me? That's the world. Come on, man. Are you with me? I hope this is helping just a little bit all around. I hope I'm getting something accomplished. (laughs) I feel like I'm always spinning my wheels, but God always does a lot of stuff. He just does. We get crazy testimonies all over the world because of live stream and just like that one. Just, oh, it's nuts. Crazy suicides prevention. I mentioned that word. There will be hundreds of emails from people that were going to kill themselves that are not. I'm not kidding. Like this is like amazing. Because if it's truly a word from the Lord and not just something that I'm saying, it produces fruit. It'll never return void. It's awesome. That's why you can give a word of knowledge to someone get healed. That's why you give a word of knowledge to somebody that says you're not going to pray for me and they get healed anyway. Come on, angry people. You're not praying for me. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Too late. In the name of Jesus. 
doesn't matter. Like this is going to block Almighty God. That's so dumb. It is funny, but it's silly. But it's a, it's a fake picture that the enemy paints to, to hold you back. He does. So this thing with Jesus. So Jesus is preaching in his hometown. He's, he's talking in his hometown and they reject him and they didn't bring anybody to him. But if I want you to, I want just let's play a scenario. Jesus preaching. D- who is this man? Well, bring that deaf person up. Put him in front of him. Then. Oh, I wish they did. Can you imagine that? In the name of me. No. Be healed. Do you think Jesus put his hands on a deaf person and they didn't get healed that day? Do you think that Jesus prayed for a paralytic and they didn't rise? No, but the church has taught it that way for years. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says they rejected him and didn't bring anybody to him. Are you with me? <laughs> or how about you, you have to, you can only pray for people that you're led to. Here's my thing. Go out there and get 31 sinkers, little lead sinkers. Have one for each day. Reach down your pocket, grab a hold of that, feel lead, and get this thing on. The reason why you don't feel lead is because you feel fear. So silly. The reason why I'm not led to people most times is because I'm, I'm not thinking about Jesus. I'm not thinking about compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion. His heart was moved with compassion. Do you care about people? Do you want them to be better? Get your hands out there. Get your hands out there. If they don't get healed, you look foolish. Oh, well. You really don't. You go out there and ask somebody to pray. Can I pray for you? Why? Especially in Europe. It's so fun. Oh, my gosh. For what reason? Why? Because my Jesus will heal you. I don't believe in your Jesus. It doesn't matter. Let me pray for you. Why? This is silly. What do I do? It's so funny. Let me see your hand. It's awesome. It's so fun. Oh, my gosh. I'm better. It's so awesome. I love it. Oh, my. Okay. Wow. Some of you aren't laughing. <laughs> Can I just tell you one thing real quick? I was with a lady. We went to this, uh, this elderly home. It was, a, it was a convalescent home. And she was probably, she was probably 70. It's a pastor's mom. She went in there and all the people were sitting in there. They're doing chapel like a service. And she, she starts speaking. She's like, do y'all love the Lord? Yes. She said, send a message to your face. <laughs> I sat there and they just looked at her like this. I was like, I couldn't stop smiling the whole time. Because that was so awesome. But sometimes we wear what we're going through. Instead of what we're headed to. 
Sometimes we wear the trial or we wear the sickness and hope's deferred. You know, laughing, it does the heart well, it does. Hope deferred makes your heart sick. We can't afford to have hope deferred. We need to have hope. Christ in you is the hope of glory. And regardless of what you're going through, you can still have hope. You can still have peace. Because peace doesn't come from your situation. Peace comes from knowing the Prince of Peace. Are you with me? (laughs) That came from a voice that's going through a lot. (laughs) Jesus is Lord. He wants us to believe it. I want to share a, a personal life testimony of mine, of just stuff that happened at, in the beginning of my life when I got saved. How many of you don't know my testimony? Oh my goodness. Where have you been? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I go places and 90% of the people have never heard me even speak and I'm like, this is like a gift from the Lord for me. Because it's going to be shell shock. Like tonight, I'm looking out there like. I see people looking at their wife. (laughs) It's awesome. (laughs) I come in with dreads and they're like. (laughs) It's so funny. It's so good. It's a fishing lure. Catches fish. All right. (laughs) Sounds funny, but it really is. (laughs) Gosh, I have so many testimonies rolling through my heart right now. I just want to share them all. I can't share them all. Oh, we wouldn't. (laughs) We would be. We'd be up for a long time. I went to. I I went to Brazil. I'm going to share this one, and then I'll share another one. (laughs) The other one's longer. You guys okay? I'm so sorry. If you, hey, listen. If you, if you get done before me, you're free to go. I love you. I really do. I, I know this. God really spoke to my heart that people with sleeping disorders are going to be healed tonight. It's, it's just going to happen. We don't even need to pray. It's going to happen. You wait and see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. You won't wake up and you won't go to bed. You won't go to bed. You will wake up. I'm sorry. You won't wake up in the middle of the night thinking of this and thinking of that because tonight God's going to crush worry. He's already been doing it whether you know it or not. He's crushing worry. He's crushing anxiety. He's really healing depression. And, And with sleeping disorders, see, God wants to give his beloved rest. And rest comes from right standing. And right standing is what you have because of the price that Jesus paid on the cross. Righteousness is what makes you right with God. And the devil can't make you wrong with God now that you've been right with God. He really can't, I promise. You'll see, it'll be great. Yay. <laughs> so I, I was at Brazil, I was in Brazil, I was with Daniel Kalenda, Reinhardt Bunke's ministry. And we just got done like, a fire conference and it was crazy and we're it's like 11 30 at night and I'm like is there any place we can go eat and they're like you know they're yeah there's a Shahaskaria I'm like 
that's the Lord. Do you know what a shahaskari is? It's a meat fest. It's like as much meat as you could possibly eat until you pop. They just keep bringing it. For vegetarians, I'm sorry. Kind of. <laughs> I'm a person that if I was going to go on a liquid fast, I would blend steak. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, we go to the restaurant, we sit down, and I ask my normal question, is there any waiters in here that are dealing with pain or injury with their backs, their knees, their feet that I can pray for? It wasn't a word of knowledge, just a common thing with waiters and waitresses. And it's the manager. And he goes, well, uh, I could ask. I go, awesome, man, if you don't mind, please ask. So he goes, why do you want to do this? I said, because I serve Jesus and he, he wants to heal people. So he was a little ruffled. And he's like, okay, walks away. He didn't ask anybody. And so he, but he acted like he did. He came back and he goes, uh, we're almost closing. So nobody, nobody will let you do that. I said, really? I said, how about you? He goes, okay. So I stood up and I said, can I put my hand on your chest? He said, sure. I got, I got right behind him and put my hand on his back, his chest. I'm with a friend, I'm one of the guys that helps out in Brazil. And I was praying for him, it was just me and this other guy. And this guy's tongue shot out of his mouth and he went and he hit the ground and it wasn't a seizure. His eyes went up into his head, his fingers grabbed, he wouldn't let go of what he had his hands on and he had his hands on my hand. And when he fell down, he knee dropped right on the top of my foot and so it felt I could feel my bone break. It wasn't, it wasn't good. It actually like searing pain. And so I have a demon in a manager on the floor in a restaurant filled with people. What are you gonna do? You have a couple of choices. You could walk away and leave him that way. You could go back to your seat and wait for the police to come. or you can cast this out. Now look, the Bible says, the Bible says that Jesus said, go and preach the kingdom of God. Go, geo, geo by the way is two thirds of God. Go, preach the kingdom, heal the sick. It's in Matthew 10, verse seven and eight, right in there. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you've received, now freely give. That's what he said. Do you know that a healing ministry isn't separate, isn't separate than a deliverance ministry isn't separate than a raising the dead ministry isn't separate from a cleansing the lepers ministry? Do you know that it's all the same? Do you know that it doesn't take more of God to cast out a devil than it does for him to heal a pinky? Do you know that it doesn't take more of God to heal cancer than it does for him to heal a headache? Are you with me? Sometimes our prayer, our prayers show just how big that thing in front of us is. The way that we pray, how we pray, how we're aggressive towards it. It's not your aggression, it's the name. 
It's not your aggression. It's not your shouts. Shouts don't scare devils. Devils love shouts because a lot of times they're promoted by fear. Are you with me? Okay. Hang with me here. So this guy is spitting, foaming, making sounds I've never heard a person do. I mean, I've heard close, but this was different. His tongue straight out of his mouth further than I've ever seen a tongue come out. And his eyes are rolled up in his head. And we're just with this guy. Now all the staff is there. This is their manager. This is their boss. He's the man in charge. But he has a demon. And it's real. I got a question. What if church memberships sign ups? In order for you to be a member of a church, they bring somebody that's horribly demon possessed in front of you. And in order for you to be a member, you have to cast that thing out. Church would look different. Are you with me? And you'd be surprised that a little four-year-old will come up and say, in Jesus' name. I'm not kidding. Kids don't get a junior Holy Ghost. I've seen crazy stuff. So we pray for this guy, and we're, we're commanding this devil to leave. Now devils will get louder when you start to pray because they're trying to scare you. And it does make your hair stand up because it's yuck. My hair stands straight up, all of them. Just kidding. Just my arms and stuff. That would be funny, wouldn't it? That would be so weird. Someone will tweet that. I promise I will get emails from that. Todd's hair says, he says his hair stands straight up when he casts out devils. He is a devil. I, I hear it all the time. You have no idea. I get it all the time. People love me all over the world. It's so good. So this demon comes out of this guy and he's laying there and he's just a mess. And he looks at me and he goes, what happened? I said, man, I said, you had a demon. He goes, I feel so much better. I said, no, 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 we're not done. Listen to me. You need the Holy Ghost right now because that's an empty vessel and we can't have empty vessels. He said, before... Before you do this, listen, listen, because he's like, what are you going to do? He's laying on the ground. He's like in the middle of his own restaurant in a puddle of snot and mess. He's like, what are you going to do now? I said, no, you need Jesus. He goes, he goes I, I, I was born a certain faith. He, he was a certain faith. He goes, I, I've been cheating on my wife for three years. And when I started cheating on her, I felt this darkness enter me. See, Satan's playing for keeps, man. He's not playing games. He is crafty. But you and I are supposed to not be unwise, but we are supposed to be aware of his schemes. So this guy was cheating on his wife and he invited a demon into his life. Now he wasn't born again. He was a certain denomination that wasn't born again. And he hurt his wife terribly. He goes, I, I need to repent, like right there. I said, you do, man. I said, it's not okay. And you need to tell your wife. He's going to be so mad. I said, bro, you need to tell your wife. 
Because you're going to repent right now and the Holy Spirit's about to baptize you right here on the floor. You're about to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. He goes, what is that? I said, you're going to find out. But you need to know. Because he has no idea. So he, he repents sobbing. Truly, not because he was caught. But because this thing got cast out, he wants a new life. So then the Holy Ghost fills him. He starts praying in tongues on the floor. It's so powerful. We get him up off the floor. He's like, wow. Oh my gosh, thank you. Oh, thank you. And this guy was plugging him into a church that he knew that was right in the area. It was in a, a city called Curtiba in Brazil. And so the other waiters come over. They go, we won't pray. <laughs> it was awesome. So we stayed there and just prayed over waiters, and healings and miracles and all that happened. That what I just described to you, listen, that what I just described to you has happened several times on airplanes to airline attendants at 30,000 feet, going over oceans. When a flight attendant manifests a devil and their eyes roll up at their head in front of everybody, it causes controversy. I'm not kidding. Look, you become armed and dangerous with the Holy Spirit and fire upon your life. You become empowered with the God of the Most High and every devil knows and trembles at the name of Jesus. Every devil knows that one day it's over. Every devil. Every devil is petrified of that name. They're not petrified of people that don't use the Lord's name in the right way. They're petrified of people that know the name of Jesus. Every devil trembles. Jesus said it. They tremble. It's very important that we know that name, the importance of it, the reality of that and our created value. Because the measuring stick of God's love is that an innocent man hung on a tree and became sin so that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin so that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus, that's amazing. Every devil hates it. Satan wants to wipe out the word of righteousness from the mouth of the church. He wants to take away what it means to have right standing with God. He wants the church to have no faith in the blood of Jesus and the cross. He wants to take it out. Don't let him. You make sure that you go after him with everything you are. Be free. Be free. Watch. Too much truth. Kicks it out. I'm not kidding. Kicks it out. Watch. Devils can't hide in an atmosphere that's saturated with the spirit and truth. Can't hide. They can't just masquerade. They have to go.
It's torment. Every devil trembles at the name of Jesus. I'm so serious. I love Jesus so much. I can't do, I can't even pump gas without him. I'm really not kidding. Why would I want to? I will be conscious of him when I'm at a gas pump. I'm conscious of his love for the person on the other side. I'm so conscious that I want to go around the side and pay for their gas. Guys, it's, it's just Christianity 101. <clears throat> love. Love looks like something. Thanks. I went, so I get born again. I come out of 22 years of addiction. Extradited a couple times across the U.S., kicked out of the military, in and out of jail my whole life, the one voted least likely to succeed. I was with my girlfriend for nine years, had a seven and a half year old kid, threatened to kill her for seven years if she ever left me, and meant it. And I was suicidal every day that I can remember my whole childhood. <clears throat> but when she was with me, she was all I had, and when we had our baby, that's all I had. So if you're gonna take all I had, Just tell it to go. Just send a little kid full of the Holy Ghost back here. Don't yell at it. Don't yell at it. Yelling at it doesn't make it leave. Just look her in the face and tell her how much Jesus loves her. Just tell her how much Jesus loves her. That devil ain't staying. You guys okay? Yeah. So I get saved. <laughs> it's not that I don't care. It's just, it's take care of. You all right? Just deal with the screaming and stuff. It's okay. It's not long. He's, he's awesome. That whole wanting to kill yourself thing, gotta go. Suicidal thing, gotta go. Being cheated on, gotta go. All of it, gotta go. Gotta go. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Father, I just thank you for your great love, God. You're amazing. Lord, we love you. God, thank you. You are so good. We love you, Jesus. We love you. Jesus, we love you. We just ask you, touch her, Lord. Jesus' name, fill her with your truth, your love, your goodness, your grace. God, we praise your name. We love you. There's none like you, King Jesus. We love you. Jesus' name.
So I went out one night and I got shot at in a drug deal. And the guy unloaded a nine millimeter from 10 feet away. And I heard an audible voice say, I took those bullets for you. Are you ready to live for me yet? I didn't heed the voice. I went and did the drugs I stole. And I couldn't get high and that voice stopped me from getting high all night. I pulled in my driveway and had no bullets in my car. I freaked out. I went to the door. My girlfriend that I had threatened for all those years freaked out. I went away to a place called Teen Challenge. I was in Teen Challenge and had three nights where I had radical encounters with Jesus and got completely free. The Bible became the first book that I could read in my whole life, 34 years old. I came home to say I was sorry. And when I got home, I held my daughter as a father for the first day of her life in seven and a half years. I didn't realize what it meant to be a daddy. But that day, everything changed. I realized what it meant to be a father. My daughter said, you're home. And I had to tell her I couldn't stay home. And then her mama came out and told me that when I went away, she gave her life to Jesus. And we got married four days later. Now, Andrew, you've heard that part. Now we're going to go past it. (laughs) After we get saved and we get married, I mean, everybody's against this. The whole family, I'm talking like the whole family. And I hurt everybody. I mean, I stole from all of them. I I hurt everybody. I devastated people's lives. It was horrible. Can I get play keys? Someone play keys real quick? Do you mind? Thank you. And so I, I devastated everybody's life and I knew that was going to take time. But my wife forgave me. Didn't just forgive me. She forgave me and she never brought it up. Like it was amazing. So my daughter and my wife and I start this brand new life. I went to a church that I had lived for five and a half months not surrendered before I got shot at. I lived as a hypocrite for five and a half months. I went back to that same church so I was unloved by lots of people. I hurt a lot of people. I lied to a lot of people. I tried to get money from a lot of people. I tried to steal money for drugs because that's where I was at. But after I came home from Teen Challenge, it was legit. Like, I really surrendered. Like, I really gave it all. Because Jesus, all he's asking you to do is give up something you were never created to be so you can actually become who he says you are. I mean, it's not a fair trade on his end. But he thought so. So I'm, I'm, I go to this church and, and nobody likes me and everybody's upset at me. And there's that guy. I mean, yeah, he married her, but so what? I mean, and I was pretty much, I was kind of the black sheep. And I went to a church that was kind of religious. But what it never did was cause me to go try to find another church. Because I knew that if I left that one, I would just go from church to church to church. And a lot of people go from church to church to church. Because they're looking for love at a church instead of becoming love and plugging in. And you just get hurt again. It's just the grass is greener on the other side until you get there. And the reason why it's greener over there is because you didn't water your own lawn. And it's real important to water your own lawn. Stop church hopping. It's not healthy. Well, they hurt me. Well, you're going to get hurt somewhere else too because it's still me, 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 me. Okay, so I'm going to classes every Saturday and the people that are running these classes can't stand me. But I would show up every Saturday and I'm like excited, like, yes, this is amazing. You guys are going to teach me. Todd, great, you're here. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. But there was this guy that was there. His name was Dan Muller and he was the uh, associate pastor. But he was more like the, the counseling people's pastor. 
he wasn't the head pastor. He was the counseling, the people's pastor. And so he became this guy that kind of took me under his wing and we just hung out. So I went to a service, um, a healing service, a couple weeks into this thing. And I went there and I saw these people talking about healing. And they were like, I, I have no idea. I'm a brand new Christian. All I know is I'm forgiven. My past is gone. I don't have the right to touch it again because God removed it and forgave it and forgot it. I'm a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. All things become new. There are some seriously strong foundational things in my life. And my wife believes those same things. But now I go to a healing service and I see people claim that they're getting healed. And I'm like, what is going on, man? And he's like, well, you know, the Lord heals people. I said, serious? So I'm listening and watching this stuff happen and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Okay, so I come back again. And another person's claiming heal, and they're claiming heal, and they're claiming. And I'm talking to Dan, I'm like, so wait a minute, hold on. Explain this to me. So he starts talking about, like, these signs will follow them that believe. So I'm like, all right, they'll lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. That's one of them. First one is they'll cast out devils. And I'm sitting there listening to this guy, and I'm like, wow, okay. So I'm taking my Bible home in my bedroom, because I, I quit TV when I got saved in the beginning because I watched the wrong stuff. And I went back, it's okay, it's all right. Please don't let it distract you right now. That thing will leave. Just stay focused, okay? It, it'll leave. It's better this way than it hiding. Are you with me? <clears throat> Some of you are like, why don't you go back there and kick it out? Why don't you? Okay, good. Other people are getting up. That's great. I'm going to lose the whole conference. Everybody's back here. Where did everybody go? They're back there. <laughs> good. I'm, I'm glad to see you like step. So I'm like, I'm seeing people healed, but they're claiming it, but I don't know. Then the guy comes in about a, a few, another week later, I'm going to healing service. He comes up to the front and he walks up like this with his wife. Don't yell at it. Y'all and I, it's not going to make it leave. It's the name of Jesus. I promise. It's Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I'm telling you, look her in the eyes and tell her how much Jesus loves her. So this guy comes up to the front and he says to Dan, Pastor Dan, his wife is there. She goes, we've been taught our whole life that everything that you taught isn't true. So we don't believe anything you said today. And I'm looking at Dan like, wow. She goes, my husband has been sent home on hospice. He has leukemia. And this is the 20, I think it was the 25th, no, no, no. The 49th case that's killed everyone else that's had it. Something like that. I think that's the number. Killed everyone else. He's the last one. Or he's the, he's the only one that's alive that's had this strain of leukemia. And the doctor sent him home on hospice. And she said, so our neighbor claimed that she got healed here, but we don't believe in this. Is that going to matter? To Dan. And I'm like, Dan goes, absolutely not. Let me pray for you. And I'm like, wow. So now I'm learning a lot watching this. Well, here's what I didn't see. The guy got prayer. He didn't jump up and dance and leap and praise God. The guy got prayed for. Dan said, in the name of Jesus, I command this leukemia to go now be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That's it. He didn't spend time. He didn't sit there. The guy didn't shake, rattle, roll, nothing. And all of a sudden, 
The lady looks at Dan, she goes, is that it? <laughs> Dan goes, yep, here's my number. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. I told, I'm thinking, take the number. Like, you're going to want it. Because I, Dan was in my life before I got shot at. And he was there after I got shot at and surrendered. And now he's like helping me tremendously. So they leave. They walk out the door the same way they came in. Leaves. And two weeks later, at another healing service, a guy comes up in there with a sticky note and says, and has the medical records downstairs that the leukemia is completely healed. Now, for me, that hit me in a different way. I lost it. I, back, I sat there and went, oh my gosh. And this is what happened. I said, if God's doing it in here, why wouldn't he do it out there? My first thing I said, no one was praying for anybody in public, not around my area. I never saw anybody, ever. And I, it didn't matter. See, if this works here, why wouldn't it work out there? Because I said to him, I'm a believer. Why wouldn't it work out there? People are sick everywhere. He goes, well, it will. I go, oh man, I'm praying for everybody. I did. And I actually started to pray for everybody. I actually put my feet and went with my faith. And I went and I remember my daughter and I were in Walmart with my wife and I prayed, is it gone? It's better. Make sure she gets filled with the Holy Ghost. So I went with my daughter and we walked after this lady with a scooter and I said to her, or not a scooter, she had a uh, walker. And I, my destiny was like, why are we doing this? I said, dad, I said, because God said he wants to heal people. She goes, why dad? She wasn't at healing service with me. I said, because we're believers. She goes, dad, this is really weird. She's seven and a half. So I said, ma'am, I said, can we pray for you? What's wrong? You got arthritis? What do you got? She goes, I'm old. I said, I still want, can we pray for you? I'm thinking, Moses, Abraham, like, I, they're the first things that came to my mind. And I'm like, man, there are people that live like 800 years in the Bible. Now, I know we're not supposed to go past 120, but, but that's awesome. And so she goes, here? I said, yeah, the worst that can happen is nothing. Are we cleared out? Are we good? Amen. Amen. Yay. Just don't give up. Don't back off. Look, <laughs> I heard Bill Johnson say this. He said, like, demons, it's like you have to flush the quail out of the bush to shoot it. Once it manifests, it's gone. Just stay on it till it leaves. It's the name of Jesus. It sounds funny, but it's serious. You can't leave her that way. Once it's on, it's on. There's not like, okay, you better now? Yes. No. That's not all right. Come on. You guys all right? We having fun? Kind of. So I, I said to Dan, this has to happen everywhere. And he's like, well, it will. So I'm praying for somebody at Walmart. Ask this lady if we could pray. She goes, here? I said, yep, worst that can happen is nothing. And I thought, the worst that can happen is nothing. And the worst they can say is no. What do I got to lose except like pride? 
Think about it. You go up to pray for somebody, the worst they can say is no. Well, they might yell at you. So what? They crucified our king. He rose from the dead. Come on. We got to stop being hurt, stop being offended, and start being in love. Okay. So, Destiny and I prayed. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command this arthritis to leave your body in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I said, how do you feel? She goes, thanks for trying. She kept walking. (laughs) She did. She kept walking. I'm like, thanks for letting us pray for you. It didn't even hit me. Man, can't believe this. No. I'm like, let's go find somebody else to pray for. (laughs) I'm so serious. So we did. And they didn't get healed. And then we found somebody else. Hey, can we pray for you? And we couldn't find my wife. She's like gone. We don't know where she is. It's like an hour and a half later. We've just been praying for people. Nobody gets healed. Destiny is looking at me like, Dad. <laughs> right? So I got to the car and she is so mad. She's livid with me. She's so angry that she won't even talk. She goes, what are you doing? I said, well, the Bible says that we're supposed to pray for the sick. She goes, you are not going to start doing this. Tell me you're not. If you knew how bold I was on the other side of the cross, it was bad. And I made us look really bad lots and made a fool out of myself in the worst way ever, in the drunk way, in the fighting way, in the knocking people out in their cars way. Bad, 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 bad. So now this is totally not bad, but I'm going to go after this. And so she let me have it. I was quiet. I didn't tell her she was wrong or she needed to submit. That's a whole nother lesson. Just the simple answer to that one is, why would your wife submit to somebody that doesn't love her like Christ loved the church? Because it's easy to submit to Jesus. Okay. Well, I saw some elbows. (laughs) So my wife didn't understand. So I didn't say anything when I got in the house. I went back in my bedroom. I opened the Bible to the same word. These signs will follow them that believe. God, I need you to use me. Father, I know you want to use me because I've seen people healed. I know those people are telling the truth because that guy with leukemia was healed. God, this is real. I know that healing is for today. I know that healing is in the cross and by his stripes we're healed. God, I know it. So I started to make all these, all these big construction papers with the lines on it, you know, for the little grade school kids. And I taped them all around my house. My wife was not happy about that. I did. I coated the walls as my wallpaper. I had healing scriptures everywhere, identity scriptures everywhere. Because I needed to keep before me every day. Didn't matter where I was, I needed to see it. If it's in my car, I need to see it. Oh my gosh, that's amazing, Lord. Wow, sticky note. I, my, I was just a mess with stuff everywhere. So praying for people. Now, two weeks into this thing, my wife said to me one day, because it was real. She wanted me to stop and I couldn't. I didn't tell her she was wrong. I just couldn't stop praying for people. No one told me about Jesus for 34 years of my life. Not one person stopped me to witness to me for 34 years. And I walked in this world with lots of Christians around me. And I refuse to hold eternity back from people. Even if, I, even if I'm not seeing people healed like I should, I refuse to hold Jesus back from people. You don't have the right to 
So you gave up your rights when you came into the gospel. He's the head and you're the body and you're the body. You don't tell the head what to do. And he's told you to be a witness. Don't have to be an evangelist. You just have to be a witness. You don't have to be a pastor. You just have to be a witness. You don't have to be an apostle. You have to be a witness. You don't have to be a prophet. You need to be a witness. You don't even have to be a teacher. Just be a witness. So we're praying for people. My wife said, I will never go in public with you again. I'm done. And she did, she meant what she said. Now, because of the church that I was in, I wasn't allowed to pray for anybody in the church. So she went to church. But when we left church, and thank God, but when we left church, it was straight home. Destiny and I did all the shopping. Destiny and I did everything. So I made it in my heart, I was going to pray for at least 10 people every day, 9 to 12 people, I put it, in between 9 and 12, every day, no matter what, no matter where, in every day of my life, didn't matter. Whether I saw miracles or not, I was going to pray regardless. So I did. So two weeks, three weeks, four weeks went by, not one person manifested healing, none. Now, I had a lot of Christians trying to help me with this obviously isn't your gift. It's not your gift. But see, every time they said that, I went back to the Bible and I saw that Mark 16 never changed. It was still the same when I got back there. Like, I'm serious. I had so many people tell me, well, the reason why God's not healing people is because your wife's not in agreement. Unless you guys are in agreement, God's not going to hear your prayers. But they didn't know my personal life at home and they didn't know that I was in my bedroom praying for my wife. Not because she hurt me, but because I was hurting for her. Her mom hated me. Her stepdad hated me. Her stepdad cussed me out at my wedding. Her brothers cussed me out. My uncle, oh, everybody in my family hated my guts. It didn't matter. I love Jesus. And since I love Jesus, I love them. And my love for them isn't contingent on that. I don't say, come on, I love you, say it back. That's not God. God doesn't need you to tell him that you love him back for him to secure about, be secure about being loved. And so many times we grow up in this world, we're taught, I love you, come on, say it. Boyfriends and girlfriends get angry when they don't hear it. Husbands and wives get here, they don't hear it and they get mad. Because they let that be their security instead of God's love for them be their security. And I need you to tell me so that I feel good. The reason why I need you to tell me back is so I can feel good about telling you. Because I didn't tell you for you, I told you for me. It's selfish. Praying for your wife so that she gets saved so that your life gets better is demonic. You're not praying for your wife, you're praying for you. Well, you don't know how hard it is for me. How about lifting your wife up before the throne and thanking Jesus for the woman of God that she's created to be? And coming out of your bedroom after your prayer time, and when you come out there, your wife doesn't go, oh my God, I just heard the Lord. If she doesn't do that, you don't get mad and think your prayer didn't work. No, you keep on asking and you keep on pressing and you walk this thing out. And you don't give up on your spouse. You don't bail on them. And you don't go get wise Christian counsel. Well, obviously God has someone else for you. That's the devil in your mouth. It's demonic. It's demonic. Well, you just deserve better. Obviously you made the wrong choice. Man, what if God divorced you when you cheated on him? Wouldn't that be sad? (laughs) What if God gave you what you deserved? We get hurt by people and we're like, well, they're going to get what they deserve. Well, if you want what you deserve, go to hell because that's what you deserve. 
I don't even know why people keep coming to see me. <laughs> Honestly. I'm not, I don't, I don't wash the, I don't, I'm not going to, wow, it's so nice. God just loves you. He does. But man, he's, he loves you so much that you can come as you are. <laughs> but he loves you too much to leave you that way because it was sad. Coming in, sad when you come in. No, we grow up into him. We go after, this is a never ending gospel, by the way. I just want to let y'all know. <laughs> so I prayed for two months not one person was healed this is an average of about 70 people a week so this is now 280 times 2 which is 560 so about but almost 600 people we're praying for not one person's getting healed and my daughter is watching people make fun of her dad Woo! all kinds of stuff you have no idea because I close my eyes when I pray people are like don't close your eyes you might get hit <laughs> take one for the team No, if I have to keep my eyes open, it's because I'm afraid. I mean, I do, but if I'm praying for somebody that's big and bad and scary, like, I'm not going to go, because he might swing at me. Oh, I just think a little different. But I was in all them fights and stuff before, so you get up after it's done. You're all right. Sorry. So prayed for people three months, not one person was healed. Three and a half months. And there was this conference that I went to. It was a healing conference, just like this. And actually there was a man preaching there. His name was Randy Clark. Do you know who Randy is? Well, I didn't know Randy. All I knew was that I'm not seeing people healed and I need to know what is going on because I want to see more. I want to know. I'm learning more about it. And so I have this scripture that I found in my Bible that I kept on thinking about like it was day and night it wouldn't go away it opened right up to it well it is an iPad it's easy it's Matthew 3 it's verse 11 it's John the Baptist and John says as for me I baptize you with water for repentance but he who is coming after me is mightier than I and I am not fit to remove his sandals he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire so I'm sitting there thinking, what is this and fire and Holy Spirit? Like fire. That sounds like a feeling. Like I, I know I'm on fire. I'm zealous for the Lord. I'm going after him, praying for all these people. Oh, you got so much zeal. Wow, you got so much zeal. You got so much passion. This is awesome. But I'm not seeing people healed. So I go to this, this healing conference and Randy's preaching. And I'm sitting there and Randy's up there sharing about Heidi Baker. He's sharing about Mozambique. He's sharing about different stuff and I'm sitting out there and all of a sudden I light on fire in the middle of Randy's message and it looked like a devil but it wasn't because I was going after God with all my heart with everything in me and as he was speaking I started to get hot Randy stopped and he goes son you've been asking the Lord for a baptism of fire haven't you I didn't tell Randy and I I shook my head he goes stand up just real, real quiet, stand up, real calm, like, I'm not going to hurt you, like that. You know what I'm talking about? And he goes, the Lord says it's right now. And all of a sudden this thing hit me, and I dropped between the seats and started screaming, and people around me thought it was a demon. I know they did, because I couldn't, I couldn't stop, because I was literally burning, I felt electricity, 
I couldn't let go of the poor lady's coat and chair in front of me. I was snot mess everywhere. It was awful. Like in that way that I thought I was dying. I thought I was going to die. So much that I was saying, I'm going to die. And Randy said, no, you won't. More, Lord. And it got worse and worse and worse and worse. And all of a sudden, I am the biggest mess. And Randy's trying to preach. And I'm ruining everything. And I'm, I'm on the floor. And Randy gets done. And he's praying for some people for, some, for healing. And they set me up on the chair. And I got drool coming out of my mouth. And I couldn't control my drool. Uh, this has happened to me a couple of times. But this was the first time. So you have not because you asked not. People are like, I don't want that. <laughs> yes, you do. You know that dignity is not a fruit of the Spirit? Okay, good. <laughs> wow. Wow. So I'm, I'm on the chair, I'm, and Bill Johnson walks by the row, and he goes, and that's the last thing I'm thinking. And I literally was, and it settled down to, and they took me out of the sanctuary and they put me in the prayer room. I was at Life Center in Harrisburg, Pastor Charles Stahl. And they took me and put me in the prayer room and laid me on the floor. And I saw all these visions and crazy stuff. My eyes were open on the carpet and I was seeing all these different things. It was so crazy. And I, I left that meeting and I, I met Randy in the hallway. I was sitting on a chair after the prayer room. And he came up to me and I go, get away from me. Don't, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Stay away. Because I didn't understand. Randy said, son, this is the greatest day of your life. He said, he said, who are you and what's your name? And I told him and he said, this changes everything. Remember, this changes everything. From today forward, everything changes. He said, are you praying for people? I said, I've been praying for a lot. Prayed for hundreds and hundreds of people. He goes, wait till you see what happens. And so I'm like, just get away from me. <laughs> I seriously, I felt like I just, I felt like I just worked out harder than I'd ever worked out. And like, I just wanted to go home and go to bed. And I really, for the next seven days, I trembled for seven days surged throughout the day it was so crazy like my wife thought you're really in trouble what did you do I hope it's not drugs that you did in the past that are like who knows I knew I just cry I couldn't stop crying I I couldn't stop crying because I knew that God answered a prayer that I didn't even know what I was praying but I knew it but I didn't know how so I was at work one day and I was in a guard shack and I was working and I worked for a, a pipeline company and we were off, we were out of the field for, for a little while. And I was working in the guard shack, little square thing, about as big as this top here. It was just me and Jesus and my Bible inside that little room. And I was just reading about healing and miracles and these signs will follow believers and God, this is amazing. And the guy pulls up and I, I don't even know what a word of knowledge is yet, except I'm about to get one, but I couldn't describe what it was. It was neat. I read about it after it happened. That's neat when that happens. I heard two herniated discs and sciatic nerve damage down his right leg. And I asked him and he said, yes. I said, oh my gosh, come here. And I brought him up in my shack. He's standing there. 
And I said, guess what? He goes, how did you know about my back? I said, look at this. This is a Bible. It says, it says, these signs will follow them that believe. I said, you a Christian? He goes, I'm Catholic. I said, yeah, but Mary didn't die for your sin. Jesus did. You have to put your faith in Jesus. I don't know about evangelism. I just know that Jesus is, Jesus is the one. He's the one. I said, do you believe that Jesus died for you? Yes. I said, do you believe he raised from the dead for you? I said, yes. I said, awesome. You're a believer. He looks at me and he goes, okay, what do we do? <laughs> you know what I didn't do? By the way, I, I prayed for 974 people that didn't get healed before we do this. I just want you to know. I was so excited because I didn't even know how I knew about his back. I was like, this is crazy. And I'm like, he goes, how do we do this? I said, just hold still. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Amen. This be healed. And I go, bend over. He bends over and he goes, you have a power. That's what he said. I said, no, 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 no. I'm a believer. You have a power. I said, no, no, stop. It's the Holy Spirit. He, he's in me and he, he lives, he rests upon me. God's gifted. He's like, you have a power. <laughs> he wouldn't even listen to me. So I said, God, I, I didn't do this. He goes, nope, I did. I ran inside the building because I needed to call my wife because she needs to know the good news because I've been telling her 900 times of nobody's getting healed. <laughs> and she doesn't even want to hear that at all. Like, I, but I had, I had to tell somebody. And I was telling Dan too the whole time. And my daughter was with me. And you know, all the times that nobody was getting healed. Everybody told me to give up. Everybody told me to stop. Everybody told me, look, you're going to leave them like worse and they're not going to get the right picture of God. You know, God's not pleased with you. You know what I believe? I believe that God, seated on his throne, he looks down, look, he's, he's going for it. Look. That's my boy. I believe it. I believe he has a picture of me in his wallet. I believe it. Gabriel, did you see my son? Um, yes, Lord, you showed me twice today. Look again. I believe it. God thinks about me all the time. He cares about me. He cares about everything. He's God. He's a good father. He loves us. He's amazing. And so I called my wife. I said, guess what? This guy pulls up. She goes, honey, he goes, she goes, honey, I'm at work. I go, I know. And she was a front desk manager. I go, I know, but you got to hear this because I think the Lord spoke. Click. Over. So I called Dan, I go, hey man, I just got to tell you, man, this guy pulls up and, and I heard this in my heart and then prayed and, and he got healed. Dan goes, way to go, Todd. And I'm like, thanks, man. And he goes, he goes, that was a word of knowledge. I go, what's that? He goes, about it, next time I see you. Look, I'm killing my mic, the batteries are dying on it, bro. Too much time. So I go home, I'm so excited. And I decide that I'm going to write down testimonies of who I see healed. Right? So that first week, I prayed for 70 people. I saw two people healed. The next week, I saw three people healed. The next week, I saw four, five, six. It kept growing. And I didn't even have full-time ministry. I was full-time employment. <laughs> That's the fun. I, did, I, wasn't, I wasn't a preacher. I was a worker. I was a, I was a pipe layer. I was laying pipe. It's amazing. And all these guys thought I was psycho because no one's getting healed. Then they started to get healed. Now I'm really psycho. Oh, crazy. And so in five and a half months, it's taking me 45 minutes to write down each day's testimonies. From each day. 
Not from like a week. But that's going after it. Because I kept the same thing. Praying for 10 people a day. Just going after this. Going after this. Finally, I knew in my heart it was okay to let it rest. So I'm about nine months into the Lord and my wife still will not go out of the house with us. And we take a long time shopping. So she was really upset and said, I am going to the store with you today. But we will not see each other. I said, you're really going to the store? She goes, yes, you take entirely too long. I'm giving you a very short list. You're going to get done. You're going to get to the car. You're going to get home. I'm tired of this. If you only knew what it was like in the house. I loved her with all my heart, but I still love her with all my heart, but I didn't, I wasn't going to tell her she was wrong. No, she needed to see it. And so we're going to the grocery store. She's on one side. She surely got out of the car quickly, went the other way. And then Destiny and I went the other way. We go into the grocery store and I'm like, I'm like, come on, Des, let's go get this stuff. But as soon as we get in there, walked down one row and got something. And then I went down and I saw a lady in a scooter. I said, Des, look, there's a lady in a scooter. She goes, Dad, Mom is here. This isn't okay. What if she finds out? I said, Mom's getting a lot of stuff. We're getting a little bit of stuff. No way. Come on, let's go down and ask. So we go down, we go and ask this lady. And I said, hey, I said, my daughter and I would love to pray for you. She looks at me and she goes, no. That's what she said. I go, no, why not? She goes, I'm okay, thank you anyway. And I go, please let us pray for you. I said, are you a Christian? She goes, yes, I am. And Richard Roberts prays for me every night on the TV set. So she believes in healing. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I'm like, she's there. Like, kid, can we pray for you, please? She's like, no. Now she's getting mad. Now I'm really mad. She's not me. She's getting mad. I said to her, I said, honey, I said, what happened to you? Is it your knees? It's my back. I said, wow. I looked at her granddaughter who was with her. She's about seven and a half, eight years old, like my, about the same age as my daughter. And I said, do you want to have your grandma play with you again? To her granddaughter. She looked at me, grandma. I can't believe you just did that. The granddaughter goes, yeah. Let him pray, grandma. She is so livid with me. She's like, I can't believe that you're going to do this. And what she's saying is, why would you bring my granddaughter's hopes up? And so many people are told by Christians, don't get your hopes up. Faith says it's the substance of things hoped for. Don't get your hopes up is anti-faith. It's not okay. It comes from years of discouragement, not getting the answer. And we don't want them to get too riled up and actually believe it could happen only to be let down again. Stop it. Go after Jesus with everything you are. Go after him no matter what. So we asked her, she goes, hurry up. That doesn't qualify as faith. That doesn't qualify as happiness, joy, the mood's not set. The piano player's not in the grocery store. <laughs> I've got a very angry grandmother. I've got a very happy granddaughter. I've got a psychotic wife. <laughs> in that she literally is ballistic and can't stand this. It's such a violation to her because she's very passive. And I'm very aggressive. Which works well in marriage. <laughs> it does. But in the area of faith and in the area of believing for miracles, it can be serious. Does anybody 
know what I'm talking about right now with family and friends, colleagues at work, just all that stuff, I'm telling you, in due season, you will reap if you faint not. You will. I'm telling you, you keep sowing to the Spirit. Don't sow to the flesh. You reap corruption, sow to the Spirit, reap life. Go after this thing with everything you are. So we said, can we pray for you? She said, hurry up. So we put our hands on her back. We prayed in the name of Jesus. We command this back to be healed. I don't know what's happening, what's, what's going on with her back. I said, can you get out of the chair, please, and check it? She goes, I am not getting out of the chair. The granddaughter, grandma, please. So the grandma goes, let me tell you something. My back is fused in the seated position. I've been fused for 27 years. I cannot stand upright. Do you understand me? I've had four back surgeries. They've all been botched. I've been on pain medicine for 27 years straight. I can't afford my pain medicine. So I spend all our money on that. I'm here shopping, food stamp, the whole nine yards. Like she's just, she spent all her money on physicians. And I'm sitting here thinking, this is like that lady that's been bowed over for all those years that has this thing that needs to go out of her body. This is like that lady who had the issue of blood, who spent all her money on doctors. She needs to be healed. Jesus made her whole. Jesus made her whole. Come on, let's pray again, guys. So she gets out of the cart. She stands there like this. Not the Holy Spirit. Anger and pain. And she's wincing in pain. And I had the granddaughter put her hand on her back. I, uh, my daughter put her hand on top of hers, and I put my hand on top of hers. And I said, come on, girls, let's pray. We said, in the name of Jesus, and her back went, pop, underneath our hand. And it felt like we broke her back. It literally, it was a, there was a snap like a break. And I went, oh, my God. Because I, I don't want to hurt anybody. And I didn't think we were pushing on her. I don't even know what a fusion is except for what she told me. I don't know the significance or the damage of that and the, and the, I don't know that it's like, it's like locking all the discs in place and gluing them all in place, literally fusing them all together that they can't move. So this lady goes, pop, she goes like this, she stands up and the granddaughter goes, <gasps> stands back crying. I'm crying, I'm crying my brains out. I can't even function. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God, thinking, I hope she ain't broke. <laughs> now watch this. My, my daughter goes, Daddy, what's happening? What's happening? I go, I don't know. Because <laughs> God got way bigger than what I'd ever seen him be. But it came through persistence and it came through aggressively going after. The kingdom is forcefully advancing and the violent take it by force. No, no, no. There is a violence to this thing. And there is a taking it and a reaching out and grabbing that thing and not letting go. And not letting the devil get away with what he gets away with. Saying, not on my watch. But not just here, everywhere you go. At work, not on my watch. Kids, at school, not on my watch. Don't let teachers confuse this thing and tell you that there's a separation of church and state and that kids can't talk. You talk as much as you want about Jesus in your schools. You tell them the gospel. You pray for the sick. Empower your kids to carry the Holy Ghost. 
Let your kids carry the fire of the Lord. Let your kids carry the Holy Spirit. Get parent-teacher conferences. I go to them. They're the best. I'm serious. So this lady, this lady standing up, moving around, bending. The granddaughter can't take it. She looks at her grandma. She goes, Grandma, run! (laughs) For real. And they take off down the aisle together. She hasn't walked in 27 years. Upright. 27 years. She's running with her granddaughter down the aisle. They run down. She's out of breath. She's out of breath. She turns around. She, she runs back a little. She gets about here. She slows down. She's walking. The granddaughter's like, oh my God. She's crying. She's never played with her grandma. So when I said, do you want to play with your grandma again? She never played with her grandma, except for maybe throwing a ball in a chair. Like, she's never played. So they come down, and all of a sudden, my wife walks in the aisle. Destiny went like this. I promise she did. You have no idea. You know, all the times my wife yelled at me and told me how she didn't want to hear it, I never said, you're wrong. You just aren't a believer. You don't believe. See, you don't understand, see. I never told her that. That's not what love does. (laughs) That's not what love does. Love goes in the bedroom, gets on its knees and says, God, show her who you are as a father. Teach her who she is as your daughter. God, she's my wife. I love her with all my heart. I refuse to let this hurt me. I love you, God. I'm hurting so much for God. I love her. That's what love does. Love doesn't keep record of wrongs. I can't believe you talked to me that way. I can't believe you said that. No, that's a bitter root that needs yanked up out of your heart. That's trash, tragedy. It's not the gospel, it's demonic. And it holds you back from love itself. I told you there's going to be a lot of freedom. I'm not kidding. Because this is major in the church. And it's not okay. It needs to die. It needs to go out. we got to stop playing Christian and actually become them. I'm serious. It's what love looks like. (laughs) So my wife looks at her, looks at me. She's got spaghetti sauce in her hand. She ain't going to throw it. She's not that violent. Just with her words and anger and not understanding. Not understanding. She puts the spaghetti sauce back on the shelf. She sees me. She sees the lady. She sees the scooter. And she is not happy. And this lady's walking down the aisle to me. She's in tears because she's healed. Because she's walking. Because she ran. Because she's standing up. And the pain's gone. All the pain's gone. And I said, wow. She goes, this is a a miracle. I said, it is. I said, isn't this awesome? Uh, You know, I talk to her too. All the time, praying and people sowing seed. and, And I just came and watered it. And look what God did. Just he brought the increase. Because it's not about Todd White. It's about Jesus. I'm just a delivery boy. I deliver a package. Then I point to the one that you got it from. It's so important. 
So much in here. There's a million things to teach, but this is really the heart of it all right now, of what I wanted to share. So my wife is livid. She's looking at me. She doesn't turn around. She folds her arms. She looks at the floor. Like, I can't believe you're doing this. Please. Come and help me. Can someone come and help him and hold her? I need some men of faith, some women of faith to come up here. Just surround her. Thank you, Lord. God, we rebuke this and command it to bow in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for every cell in this body. I thank you for both of these, both of these people. I thank you for brand new, God, brand new ears on this gentleman. It's not even asking for him. He would say, I don't need prayer. Pray for my wife. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus, God. Come, Holy Spirit, right now, in Jesus' name, and crush this sickness. Take it out now, in Jesus' name. I command it to go now. Every cell in this body, from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet, every disease, I curse it and command it to go now. Get out, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, right now. Brand new. Every cell. Every cell be healed. Right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for complete wholeness, God, of every cell in her body. In the mighty name of Jesus, God. Thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, 100%. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Right now. Come, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. God, we ask you for more right now. Right now. We curse these sicknesses. We command them to go. In Jesus' name. All over the room. I curse disease and sickness. I command cancer to die in Jesus' name right now. Right now. Go! In Jesus' name. Brand new. Father, thank you. God, we thank you for brand new spinal cords in Jesus' name. Brand new. In Jesus' name, right now, complete wholeness. In Jesus' name. Is there a way that you could check and see a difference in your wife? What would she be able to do? Almost anything. What, what would, how would you know that, that healing is happening right now? So she's not speaking because I see her rubbing me with her arms, rubbing you with her hands. So I'm curious to what. Progressive brain disease. Okay. All right. Gotcha. In Jesus' name, we command this brain disease to go now. Right now, in Jesus' name, get out. Father, I thank you for complete wholeness right now. God, I thank you that this tongue will be loosed. 
In Jesus' name. Let her go now. We command this to go now in Jesus' name. Get out. Get out. In Jesus' name now. Go. She's seeing help. In Jesus' name. Be loosed right now. Be loosed. In Jesus' name. Does she need those glasses on? Is it bright? Is it brightness or what is it? Uh, her eyes are screwed up too. Okay. In Jesus' name. In the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. In Jesus' name. Brain, you be healed right now. 100% wholeness right now. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Mind, you come back, you be free. Brain, be healed in Jesus' name now. Get out. In Jesus' name. Can you see me? You can. Can you say Jesus? Jesus. Let me hear it again. Jesus. She hasn't talked that loud in months. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Come on. I need a mic. Jesus. I need a mic. It's just a grandson. Bless you, bro. Jesus. I need you to do me a favor. I want to hear you say Jesus again. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything else you want to say right now? Your shoulder? Yes. Is it hurting? Yes. Okay. Let's pray again for your shoulder. Why not? Father, in the name of Jesus right now. Hold her neck up, right? Just hold her. In Jesus' name, we command this pain to go now. I speak complete wholeness to your whole body in Jesus' name. I command this brain to be healed 100% right now. Get out, I command every bit of dysfunction to go. I command the limbs to function complete, 100%. These feet, these legs, these arms, in Jesus' name. We command strength into this body right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. What's your name? Linda. Olivia. Olivia. Linda. 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 Okay, I thought I heard it. How do you feel right now? I feel good. You feel good? You want to sit up? You want to sit up? Careful with the steps. Hey. 
Yeah. Her legs were frozen and now they're warm. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Right now, we command this body to be healed. In Jesus' name, 100% wholeness. Brain, we speak to you and command you be healed. 100% right now. In Jesus' name, right now. <laughs> Jesus' name. How's your shoulder? How's your shoulder? It doesn't have any pain. Doesn't have any pain. No. Do you want to? Do you want to set her down on the ground? Down there, you guys clear away. Let her down there. Don't get in the way. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. That's right. That's right. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for wholeness, God. 100% healing right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for 100% healing. Legs function in Jesus' name. Every effect on this brain be healed. 100% healing and wholeness, God. We thank you from this day forward. 100% doctors confirmed. Complete healing of this brain in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So good. So awesome. The husband, the daughter, and the grandson. So good. And the son. Oh, man. So good. We're going to pray for others in just a second. Because I know people are coming up front saying, Todd. But I want us to pray as the body of Christ because every one of us, every one of us, this is the children's bread. This is the children's bread. <laughs> it's awesome. That man came up and said the devil's getting his butt kicked again. <laughs> it's awesome. So awesome.
I just want to end that testimony and then we're going to pray for the sick, okay? My wife looked at her and, they st- and my wife was so angry and she went right down to my wife. I said, could you please go talk to my best friend and tell her what God just did. She went down there and she said, I was this and, and she bent over and my wife lost it and started screaming in the store. And that day, everything changed. We went home and she told me, I went back in the bedroom, I cried my guts out again, thanking Jesus for the reality of seeing her for who she's created to be and not trying to tell her who she's not and that I'm right and she's wrong. And she saw God that day take care of what God said he was always doing anyway. So she heard the Lord on the couch and the Lord spoke to her and said, I've given you a new husband, one you never knew existed. He believes me now, why don't you? And that day everything changed. My wife calls it labor. That was nine months. And now she's prophesying. She's praying for the sick. She's getting words of knowledge. All our kids are learning the gospel. Jesus is king and he wants us all to walk in this. So what I'd like to do first is I'd like us to all lift our hands if you can. If you can't, just put them here. It's all right. You won't have to wheel everybody up to me because we're all going to pray in just a second. So just, I know that, I know that everybody wants prayer. We're going to do it. But I want us to all pray right now. I want you to say this, Holy Spirit, right now, we're asking you to baptize us afresh right now. Come Holy Spirit. Touch people right now God. Come. Come right now. Cover people and and just completely submerge people in your liquid lava fire. In Jesus name. Come Holy Spirit come right now. More. Fresh baptisms God all over the room in Jesus name come right now Jesus name Jesus name we say yes God we need you right now Jesus name right now come Holy Spirit we welcome you right now we are hungry for more right now If you have a prayer language, I want you to just lift it up. Just lift up your prayer language. Jesus. Lift up your prayer language right now. 